let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions, and we are on location we are. this week. Uh, we are at Beavertown Brewery yep. in Tottenham, in North London. Um, so straight up, we will forgive any noises that, that you hear in the background, because it is a working brewery, and although we're here uh, of an evening, uh, work does go on to, uh, after 11, 11 o'clock, apparently. Yeah, but um, we're not alone. No. We've not just come up here to, to record the podcast. We're joined by Nick Dwyer. Beaver Town's creative director. Welcome to the show, yeah, Nick. Welcome, thanks Nick. very much. Thanks for having me. Um, thanks for coming on. Uh, and Nick has um, presented us with a beer to, to start this evening's proceedings, yeah. which is something that our listeners won't be surprised to hear that we're drinking. No. Which is which is gamma ray. Uh, but this, uh, Nick, actually, you tell us when did this come off the canning line? An hour and a half ago. Brilliant. So this is like <laughs> super fresh uh, gamma ray straight off the canning line. And we're um we're gonna do this you saying Eastender style as as this granddad used to Yeah, my granddad. He was yeah. uh, he was a very old school man, he was a Spitfire pilot. Cheers. Cheers. I mean we're we're big fans of Gamma Ray anyway. Yeah. But I don't think I, I think you just mentioned um first time you've ever had anything this fresh. It's definitely the first time I've had anything this fresh, other than that when you get to go to a festival over mobile canning line. But this isn't quite that, is it? I mean, no. this has been properly canned. An hour and a half, <laughs> and, here, and here we are drinking it. Yeah. And, we're, and we're starting off with this because um, Nick, this is you, you. You rightly said this is kind of where it all started for Beaver Town, really, isn't it? The the, the gamma ray. Yeah, absolutely. The the um, the first thing that kind of I realised that people wanted to see more uh, aliens and skulls and spaceships and just kind of things that were influenced by things that I really liked that were influenced by other things that just kind of yeah, it opened up a huge world of creativity mm-hmm. and freedom to do cool stuff on beer labels for me yeah and, and for you it must have been that that day when you you learned that the, the the switch from bottles to cans was happening that must have been a great day for you to know that you suddenly had so much more room to work with it didn't it didn't uh it didn't mean anything when logan first said it and it and then only a couple of weeks later i was like oh wow okay all right this is really happening because he came in with um since doing the original gamma ray label we were that was a special one-off label for Gamma Ray, and then it became Jonas Schultz's label, who so did the original kind of Illuminati um, pyramid stuff. He essentially still works at the Colonel. I actually don't know, but he did work at the Colonel for a long time. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he wrapped the original label around a Coke can and brought it in and said, we're going to go into cans, and I think this is the, the design for the can. And I just went, oh, okay, and then kind of went home and started working on it without <laughs> thinking about what, the, what that would kind of come to. In the end, yeah. So basically, Logan just said, "Look, you know, you used to do about half the amount of what artwork. You're going to do twice as much now." <laughs> we knocked Brilliant. out those. We knocked out those five when it was those five core beers to begin with. I think with him over my shoulder in about a month at that freezing cold Hackney Wick warehouse on a mezzanine above the brew kit, and it was that's just insane. It was like constant, like tweaking, changing, adding things, talking about stuff, showing him stuff, going home, watching films, you know, all kinds of stuff that just. Mm-hmm. It was really, really big deal. One month, that's amazing, really. For, for something which I think is pretty iconic now. Yeah, and they obviously we've kind of rebranded and changed um, nearly all of them. Gamma Ray stated pretty much exactly the same uh, out of all of them, but nearly all of them have had either minor or big changes to them. Small Rocket's pretty much the same as well, but yeah. Well, Neckor's very different, isn't it? Yeah, Neckor's completely different. Yeah. Yeah. We used to have the old, all the staff that were yeah. there when we started canning it. 
and then um, we kind of I've, I've slowly been wanting to bring them all into the same universe I guess <laughs> I'm going geek now. Looking, forward, looking forward to getting into that discussion yeah. um, and obviously we're not we're not just here tonight just to, to drink super fresh um, gamma ray off, are we off, not off, off <laughs> no um, Nick's joining us to talk about um, the whole kind of world of, of, of artwork and beer and what we're now seeing on a lot of cans and how we're seeing the two worlds coming closer together as, as well so throughout the evening we're going to be drinking um, a few beers that have got some different labels some different designs from breweries that have been suggested by the listeners in terms of who they think are doing it well let me get Nick's views on those sorts of yep. things I know you know a lot of the, the, the designers that are involved in those cans as well yep. um, so we're going to be drinking our way through those as, as well if we must. If, if we must. Um, so just, Nick, tell us um, a, a little bit about your journey, because when when you started, I think you were saying earlier, you, you, you worked at Dukes, and you've come on board now, and now you're the creative director of yeah. probably one of the, the, the biggest craft breweries, breweries in the UK. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I, like I was trying to explain to you earlier, numbers are not really my strong point. I yeah. can't remember, but... Um, yeah, I'm quite quite rehearsed in this story, but, but but essentially, when I left university, I was I really didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew that I really wanted people to like what I did, um, and it's you, you kind of have it drilled into you at art school, kind of unintentionally because they do teach you how to be a professional and how to market yourself, but that all kind of culminates in kind of really wanting to, a bit like a puppy, really, to want people to be like, that's really good what you did, well done, and. Um, I was trying to find freelance work and trying to find my footing and I think like a lot of people I thought you know album covers would be a good place to start and maybe some like magazine editorial work I would have loved to do some graphic novels and comic books but that seemed like a, a long way off and I needed to kind of work up to it um, started working in restaurants as a lot of artists do when they first start out and I was working in silver service restaurants that I hated where you have to like put your hand behind your back a lot of the time and serve wine a certain way and all that kind of stuff um, my best mate James Rylance, who was basically uh, interning at the Colonel, he went to art school as well, and he was interning at the Colonel, and Evan told Logan when Logan first started out that he had this guy working for him who was great and that he should take him on board. James started working with Logan, just him and Logan to begin with, I think maybe a couple of people coming in and out. James said, I'm working at a brewery, do you want to do labels for the beers? And again, I just kind of thought, why not? Um, I can do this, and they told me the names of the beers, and I worked on the, the kind of labels for those beers. When I was talking to Logan and James at Dukes, decided that that was the restaurant I wanted to work at, much more chill than anything I'd seen before. They hired me. Um, I'd have a sketchbook with me nearly all the time, and my trick was to have kind of a sketchbook that was full of completely finished drawings. And knowing full well that I wanted to do more artwork on Tabir, and it wasn't quite the extent that it is now, I would have it ready to go at all times, and I'd kind of be kind of almost pretending or just kind of finishing off drawings when I knew that Logan was around and hoping that he'd come up and ask about what I was working on and stuff and then we could start discussing it because we had loads of common interests that I picked up on really fast. And that kind of turned into a really good relationship where the creativity that was going into the beer, the influences, the themes were parallel to the influences and the themes that I was working with on, on drawings and artwork because I really just wanted it to be consistent. Um, which developed into working with other people's artwork because um, the Alpha series of beers is what got me the job because they were going to be local artists uh, doing a different label for each beer and they would be the one-off beers that would maybe join the core range, maybe not, things like that. So Bloody Hell is a good example of that. And um, 
that, that just that just absolutely snowballed when we went to Hackney Wick and I came on full time into doing the, the the Cans when Logan you know he took a trip to America and was like we've got to be in Cans so let's really push this they're great for freshness of the beer as well as all the other kind of creative benefits and um, yeah that's just it just kind of like it's really hard to kind of fathom what actually happened in that time because I it seemed like a complete whir, whirl of stuff happening yeah so when did but, you um, start at Dukes then so, so how far back is your relationship with Beaverton so 2012 wow so t- yeah 2012 probably September 2012 I think I probably started at Dukes and I was at Dukes for two years as a waiter while I kind of transitioned into being full time artist at Beaverton mm. at least and when it wasn't my artwork it was other people's artwork like um had a couple, worked on a couple of labels for people who did some other alpha artwork, but then I just got really stroppy about it and said like, "No, I want this to be just me. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I get it. You know, we've talked about this. You've got to commit, put a ring on it, sort of thing. You know, it's like I really wanted it. I really yeah. wanted that job. Um, and uh, and the way I talk about it is, it was to begin with, it was very much like the, this in, incredible rush of people having to look at it because they were drinking the beer. They had to look at the artwork. There was no way of them avoiding it. And that, that felt really good that people basically had to see the work that I was doing. And then as I kind of got more embedded in Beavertown, it became way less about doing artwork that I thought was cool and people telling me it was cool. And it became more about people associating the quality artwork with quality beer. And it, I've, I've said like time and time again that if someone had picked up, a, if, you, if you pick up a beer now that has, or anything that has kind of crazy branding that looks really exciting and then the product is like not good you remember that it's not good you don't remember the, the good branding so you've got to kind of so that's quite important to you then obviously but yeah what's on the external so what we're seeing visually there's something inside it but everyone will like as well yeah like I mean we, ju- we just cracked open this, this fresh camera and I haven't done that in a long time and I've just cracked that open and now I remember the exact feeling of doing that for the first time when it, when it came out of a bottle and I was like okay this is this is something really special because I, when I when I first tried, I think it was Smog Rocket was my first Beaver Town beer I tried. Really? Yeah. Blimey, compared to the other beers they had. Yeah. Well, well, Smog Rocket. <laughs> well, Smog Rocket and Eight Ball were the ones that were brewed for the food at Jukes. They were the first two. Yeah. Uh, I suppose yeah, because you just go with the barbecue food. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, f- before that, I'd only ever had kind of six packs of Cronenberg. Okay. It's like a different student student yeah, drinking yeah. and stuff. Um, and then not only was it kind of like wow when I asked why it was wow I had it explained to me and the process explained to me and the reason why this all this stuff happened and there was a story and it was stuff that could be very easily translated into design work so yeah so there's a bit of uh, symmetry there yeah absolutely between the two I really like that the fact that about the, the product inside the outside mm-hmm. and also you've obviously pick, picked up quite a bit about the beer over the years then, I presume yeah I used to get so much flack for being the only person sent to beer events back in back in the day now I think it's kind of like I, I've been to loads and done talked about yeah. beer and stuff but it'd be like why have they sent, why have they sent the designer why haven't they sent a brewer and all this kind of stuff <laughs> and I'd be like actually the original gravity of this was this and the finishing gravity was this and blah 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 and just kind of and then people would be like oh okay alright yeah. he gets it I, remember, I can't remember any of the names but there was like a pretty tight knit crew of it was a very, very much smaller crew of like Twitter and Instagram guys back in the day who were the people that you knew were going to be aggy about stuff online but yeah it was tiny really tiny group so that would be, be quite interesting in a slightly different version and a different viewpoint though yeah I think so because we, we know how often how a brewer will present and also about the process and stuff it's quite nice to have a slightly different take on it I think yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so in terms of um Kind of obviously, you know, you know, we've seen your, your artwork all over the core range now, all over the cans. Um, it does really stand out. It's quite, it's quite unique in the market. Um, in terms of 
when new beers come along, what what comes first now, the, the, the name or the design? So we're trying to tighten this up a bit, actually, as we, as we speak. But And usually we have a concept for a beer that there's either a reason for brewing it or or, or um, something's happening that we're brewing it for. I mean, that's the same thing, but, you know, like... And then the name has to come before I start working on any artwork. And I... There are a lot of us now that are pretty, like, you no, know, you can't just, like, throw a name at it. And then it has to kind of make some sense. And, and everyone's kind of on the same page with that. So then we'll come up with a name. And that means that if everyone drags their heels on a name for the beer, maybe I've got like two days to do a label yeah. for something. Which is tricky but doable and I hate it because it doesn't ever feel like it's been properly thought out and given the time that it needs to kind of settle. Um, which can put me on the back foot thinking and not wanting to like talk about that sort of design. But yeah, so, so kind of like concepts of a beer that will be narrowed down to a style, that will be given a name, that will then have artwork produced for it and a label or a cake badge ordered for it okay. is the simplest way of putting it, yeah. So, so you're very much at the end of the process. You, 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 They're all the way you're through. You're coming to make it look good. But I don't, like for, like for example, I, we normally have threads going and for the International Women's Day beer that we did a couple of weeks ago that's in there, we can do it. The um, the I didn't want that to be guided by anybody who didn't have anything to do with the beer. And so it was very much a case of like pushing them, being like, we need some ideas and some concepts and some names and I want it to be you know, special for, for you guys. So, yeah. do, do you try the beer first? Is, is, is sampling the beer part of that the is, process? That is the ideal. That is the absolute ideal. So we're going to talk about it later with the Brett, the Brett Pills that, that's come out of Tempest. I got to try that before we even started talking about doing artwork and it's simple artwork but it's yeah. still, it was something that I was like, yeah, you're right, this is what it should be and yeah, talking to Johnny about that stuff. But yeah, the, the ideal is trying at least like a test batch yeah. or, a, or like something of the beer first because there are always better labels for it. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense. I, I, yeah. And so that's why that's why a lot of the Tempest labels, the best stuff that I think I've done is Tempest labels because I've been able to work into it and change it and kind of show it to the people who brewed the beer as they've tasted it and, and see if, they've, if, it, if it works in their mind because you can explain an idea to someone and they'll act like they get it. Yeah. And then you show them what you've done and they'll say, oh, no, it's not what I was thinking at all. So I've had that with Logan. Part of the, the creative times. process when you get that time to do it is that when you feel the most comfortable then? Yeah, and it doesn't need to be a very long time. It's just I'd like to be able to at least either get feedback from the people that have made the, the beer. I mean, this is just the dream scenario, but like, um, <laughs> yeah, the uh, yeah, either get feedback or at least have at least an, a more than... Because back when I first started out, the, the biggest lesson I learned was that if you create an island for yourself as a designer, you won't really grow or change or develop anything, which can be a good thing and a bad thing, but still, like, you won't ever kind of nothing will kind of develop into stuff that other people also like and they feel a part of and when other people feel a part of it and you've got people who are also proud of what you're doing because they've had a part of it yeah because it's everyone a, then, isn't yeah, it yeah it's, it's good mm. it's, it's I mean, for me the gamma ray is still the most for me visually the iconic piece of work well well, that's it's, it's almost it's, it's it's the flagship beer isn't it so yeah. it's, it's, it's also has to be the, the flagship piece of artwork sometimes I forget that I did it Oh really? Yeah. Like, is, that, is that when you've had too many off the canning line? <laughs> it's, more, it's more that it's been around for such a long time, and actually, like, not. I hope this doesn't make it sound like I don't think it's you know good or anything. But it wasn't something that I spent months and months and months developing. It was very much well. What are you calling this beer? Well, it's bright orange. We're going for this kind of like we we think that looks like a gamma ray. No scientific stuff behind all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. The and then. I wanted to make something that was very like 60s, 70s sci-fi, um, like the, the, the spaceman, the lesser spaceman as I kind of call him, is in the 
the uh, Han Solo pose from Star Wars, you know, with the gun. Um, I've never noticed that before. Yeah, <laughs> as he's being zapped. And they, um, yeah, I can't remember what I was looking at. Like, it's, it's very Mars Attacks. It was like, I mean, I've watched 2001 like a million times, and it definitely a lot of that came from it. And yeah, so and it, and it happened quite quickly. It was very much, a, it was like I used to work at university where I'd work really fast, hope that people liked it if they didn't go back to it, but they did like it quickly. So it's something that a lot of the times people I haven't spoke to a long time will send me a picture of them drinking a kind of gamma pointing at it. And I'll focus more on the fact they've got in touch than they're like pointing at a kind of gamma because <laughs> I kind of forget that it's kind of, something that I did yeah and like you say the, this is the one which is fairly much untouched isn't it you haven't really yeah. revised or revisited it yeah I mean I think we're, I think we're going to get onto the kind of Cannes side of things but the, the only changes happened as a necessity to it being in Cannes because you're limited on colours yeah. um, you've got to kind of find a way to, to wrap it round because it's, it's crazy it's quite old technology the Canning printing it looks like a time machine it's kind of just plates being whipped around a big circle it's like 7,000 minutes on the speeds and it's just kind of so they have to work out a way to. You can see there's like kind of a big black thick line there to make it kind of line up. Yeah, it's quite yeah. hard to do that. But um, yeah, so that was the only the only changes were necessity. Like there's a lot of detail missing on the the smaller UFO. It's just because they can't they can't quite get it in with the, the plate bits break off and stuff in the machine. So well, I'm, I still think it's brilliant. Yeah, I mean it, it does stand out. Does it, it yeah. stands out on the shelf? It stands out behind behind the bar, which is what what you want a beer to do. Yeah, as absolutely. What you want a label to do. Now we're, we're gonna we're gonna dip in and out of conversations with you throughout the show. Uh, we've got loads to talk to you about, loads about, as I say, artwork and beer and your designs and your journey. And we've got some questions from listeners. Um, and, and wrapped around all that, we're, we're we're gonna try and put together a normal show, aren't we? Oh, yeah, there is. Not bad. You you can't just sit there drinking too fresh gamma ray. Oh, well, I can. <laughs> you, you can't. You've got you've got to do some. I've work. got to do some work. Yeah, there's oh. more. There's more that came from. <laughs> um, so let's uh, let's start off with uh, what we've been up to since the last show. Okay, well, I think everyone probably knows what you've been up to, Steve, so I'll do a really brief overview of mine, Okay. and then we'll hand the mic to you. Go on, then. Yeah, that, sound, that sounds good. Yeah. So, um, since we last recorded, I, uh, Clayton, our, the show creative director, and uh, myself held a beer festival at work, um, but we also threw in a, um, a couple of gins and a few, uh, a bottle of fizzy, some fizzy pink English wine. Okay. So we've got some cider in there as well. Yeah, and a, a few hop out, cider but... and a hopped mead as yeah. well. Um, we tried to keep it like an English flavour. We wanted to do like a St George's Day thing without it being an overtly St George's Day thing, and also St George's Day fell oddly after the May Day bank holiday, the, the Easter weekend. Mm. So um, we held that, and uh, we had some really good beers, really good take up. Uh, the one, the beer which everyone really spoke about on the night was the. Um, which I only chose because of the name, because we held it on a Wednesday. It was called Big Wednesday by Twisted Barrel. Fairly much an 8% New England IPA style. That was the first beer to kick on the night. Oh, really? Yep. Completely ran out of that quite yeah. early on. People really, really did enjoy that one. And a good mix of people enjoyed it, not just the beer drinkers. It, was, it did appeal to a few people, that one. Um, we followed up by attending Clayton's 50th birthday drinks. Which I think a lot of people were surprised that Clayton was 50. Yes, <laughs> from, certainly from some of the comments that, that I saw yeah. that the day after his, his, his birthday. Yeah, I'm just hoping they'll be as surprised when we have our respective fifties. I don't see that happening. <laughs> they'll go, oh, I thought that you man already. has no grey hair. Yeah, <laughs> and quite a lot of hair still, and yeah. no grey in the beard either. So he um, he hired out the pelt trader for a yes. Saturday night. Yeah, it was a great night. So normally they don't, they don't open at the weekends, um, but being a bit of a regular, he managed to persuade them. Got down there. I think they were open from four o'clock till ten. But we, a few of us went to, because we weren't going to drink enough anyway, 
a few of us went to Brewdog at Tower Hill first of all had a bite to eat a few drinks in there and then I don't know 50 or 60 of us at the Pelt Trader yeah um, it's a nice crowd Michelle very kindly drove that evening after we got off the train because there was a bus service which is painful as ever uh, but yeah really good crowd really good night some lovely beers were on nice mix of cask and keg and the Pelt Trader as ever I think I think we had a cracking pint of neck oil to start with there we on, did on that night <laughs> as, as, as well as, as we did when we arrived here tonight. yeah exactly yeah. Right. oh neck oil thank you very much um and then the only other thing to follow up for me was I went to the Filthy Keg Festival at the Victoria Inn in Colchester on the Sunday after that. So I went to watch Avengers Endgame again, um, <laughs> then went to, <laughs> then went to dissect said movie in, in the pub. Again. Again. <laughs> um, but with diff- slightly different people this time. And they had their Filthy Keg Festival on. So first of all, uh, well done. Are called to- that or are you calling it that? No, they called it that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, they do it as a bit of a play because they've got a couple of regular camera members in there so they have the and they there. are they're very cask focused as well aren't yeah. they in the, the, the pub in general is is, a, is very focused on its cask yeah. offering mm. um, so, so yeah it's very much a, a play on words yeah. isn't it um, so they had the uh, they had the extra kegs out the back with a fridge as well so Paul from Two Brews and Rich who's the bar manager put this all together with obviously support from Andy and Sheena there's some a really nice food thing outside which do like loaded fries so you can get like chili beef or chicken on top of all the fries perfect beer food brilliant um so a few notable a few just a few beers i want to give a shout out to you they had i had um not necessarily from the keg bit but i had aurora from uh, burning sky on cask on there because they've now got a craft cask line haven't yeah they? yeah and i ha- i've had burning sky in different places I, and i went to tap it in i've never had aurora Really? Yeah, five point six percent. A American Pale Ale on cask, banging, absolutely banging pine. And because they'd had if the, the keg beers t- were typically, um, you know, like fruited sours, um, some lactose heavy ones, some stouts. When I had the pint of a raw, it was like the perfect beer at the perfect time. Well, well that that night that I did a shift in in there, that was on that night as well and it was it was probably the most popular beer that I served not surprised all, all night long it was people were just coming in and saying I'll have that I'll have I'm that. not sure I've ever had a beer from Burning Sky that has not been good like I've never had a beer that I've wanted to like not drink like actually I've always wanted to down it I'd agree with that and, and obviously a little bit of a tangent Burning Sky is so well known for their slightly funky farmhouse and their barrel aging that they're doing mm-hmm. but some of their actual just Beers that they do, like a rise, rise is fantastic. Yeah, it's like they're so so good. I mean, um, they they are really good at what they do. That was a perfect beer. Um, and lovely people with it. Yeah, well. yeah. So I then I then found the can, the only can of American West Coast IPA they had in the fridge. I said to Paul, "Have you got any West Coast IPA? <laughs> I need some IPA, please now." And he managed to dig out one called Bang Bang from Cierzo Brewing Company in Zaragoza in Spain. Uh, not one I've heard of. No, six and a half percent, but it would be what I would call a proper West Coast. What IPA. you were looking for? Yeah, it was yeah. exactly what I was looking for. Really good. Tried a um, from Hardywood Park in Richmond, a bourbon gingerbread stout. Came in at eleven and a half percent. I got none of the stout, none of the um, gingerbread. I wrote down on Untapped, reminded me of JD and Coke. And I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I quite I used to quite like. Well, how many stars did you get? Was it three point five? Because no, I give it a four. All oh, right. All yeah, right. Well. yeah, I still give yeah. it a four. But I'm, uh, I'd imagine if you're not a fan of Jody and Coke and it reminded you that you would be way down the scale. So, so is that suggesting then possibly the barrels they used were JD barrels? Well, definitely bourbon. It was definitely a bourbon barrel yeah. anyway. But 
I was just. Where it was you just. Getting the coke from is it? I don't know. Maybe from that gingerbread. I don't know because it just reminded me of JD and Coke. It's but also the mouthfeel wasn't that thick, as well. So I don't know yeah. if it's from there. Um, but I mean, they had beers on there from Neon Raptor, Omni Apollo, Buxton, Wonder Beyond, Cloudwater, Little Earth, and these were all on tap, as well. That's this quite is, a selection, isn't yeah. it? To have to have the extremes of the likes of Omnipolo and, and Wonder Beyond, who a lot of people are saying are becoming like the UK's version of, of Omnipolo. Yeah. A bit of in there, yeah. Yeah. Um, right through to Little Earth, who are the tiny little sour and wild yeah, brewery about, up, only about, in, up only about, the Suffolk border. Only about 10 miles away from where the pub is. But yeah. this is a, <clears throat> we've mentioned the Vic plenty of times, but it is still a corner street boozer and you've, they've managed to pull together these beers. So I, to me, I was really, really impressed with the lineup. Really well done. The only thing probably let them down was the weekend they were having it. Um, the weather wasn't quite as nice as say the Easter weekend. Yeah. Um, so it can help. Can't it, it wasn't quite as warm, so yeah. people weren't inclined to hang around outside for as long. Um, and just the last one, I had a um, supermarket beer, Twisted Sour from Vacation, which is basically just an orange sour, and it was just bang on, fruity summer orangey only a little bit sour and tart maybe for someone who hasn't had the sour tart kind of beer mm. before might be a bit of a shock but it was just really nice it was summer in a glass um, and that I picked up for I think three quid in Tesco well I have to say it's one of the new Tesco yeah. ones isn't it yeah I mean that's just I mean that is just amazing isn't it it is the, considering the, the the variety of beers that you can now get not just on you know and we've had this discussion yeah. lots the variety of beers that you can now get in supermarkets, not just Tesco, but... Oh, no, in general, but... Everywhere now. In the last couple of weeks, it was the Tesco had yeah. made that, that big leap, and I, I went in there to buy the Yellow Moo, uh, the Grapefruit Halcyon. I, I, it's still not as good as the original Halcyon. No, Stop mucking around it. Just give me Halcyon. Yeah, yeah. Just put Halcyon in the can. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously, Sainsbury's catching up now because then Sainsbury's now stocking Beavertown beers as well. Yeah. They? Yeah, yeah, that was a big, big recent project. Was designing and getting four packs sorted yeah. out and stuff. So, yeah, because yeah, these little four packs seem to be the, oh, the, they're the kind of range, way forward they? now, don't they? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. In, in supermarkets, they're, they're great because they look so compact, don't they? Yeah. And you think you're not buying a slab, but you can imagine people are actually putting a slab's worth of beer of different four packs. Yeah. In the trolley. Yeah. But not thinking they've bought what we would class as the old-fashioned twenty-four can slab. <laughs> yeah. I think four, four four pack seems to be something I've actually seen in people's. Yeah, so, yeah. it's really compact. It's great for bringing somewhere, putting in the fridge. They're brilliant. Yeah. And I've, I've, I've well. not seen the. I've not seen your boxes in in Sainsbury's, but I imagine they've got you all over them. Me neither. Yeah. But uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no. The, yeah, the, well, it's another it's another design challenge as well because it's just it's making it match up, and um, I really care about being able. To, basically, the Neckle and the Gamery ones. If you put them next to each other, the landscape continues seamlessly. I never knew that. Never knew that. I'm going to have to buy them now. Only the boxes yeah. though, like because I, I basically took the, the landscape from Neck Oil, and I used and then I just changed the colours for Gamma Ray. So if you if you put it across, they, it fits and it all. So you had them in a big in a big lineup, and whatever way you put them as well, I'm really kind of anal about this stuff. Like whatever way you put them, feel uh, the same. They fit well. So on the top, there's like a, a can image, and there's one can in the middle, and then half a can either side. So if you have them together, it forms a whole can. But if you put them gamma ray neko, gamma ray neko, it's kind of weirdly bizarre, but still quite cool. They like half a neko gamma ray. Anyway, go impre- buy some four packs. Yeah. No, that's you, impressive. You know what I'm, I'm currently picturing is, is, is loads of our listeners now pausing what they're doing, getting into the car, going to Sainsbury's, <laughs> buying the packs, coming back and going, oh yeah, he's right. Look at that, yeah. Or they've already bought them, I hadn't noticed. And that was my beery adventure, Steve. It's quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
there's some nice events in there. I mean, Clayton's birthday was great fun. Yeah, loads of loads of nice people. Um, but Steve, mm-hmm. have you been anywhere recently? I have. I went to Belgium, which might be a bit of a shock for people. It might be a shock for a lot of our listeners. Was that, it a shock that, for you? That, uh, a little bit at, at times. Yeah, but obviously I didn't go and do the whole sour thing that, that a lot of people will, will go to Belgium for because I'm just really not into. To, so to no visit to Cantillon then? I didn't go to Cantillon, no. no. So um, yeah, just this weekend just gone, I, um, I took Emma to, to, to Belgium because she's, she's 40 later, later on this month, so I thought it'd be a nice, uh, nice weekend away. Um, got the Eurostar over into Brussels, did a, did a night in Brussels and then went over to, to Bruges for um, the weekend. Um, so, so yeah, it was, it was quite nice actually. Any, quite some any beer. beery highlights? Yeah, but I can't pronounce half of them. That's so that the, is the problem, that, isn't that's, it? That, that's the problem. It's like so, some of the bars you probably can't pronounce either. Well, that's, that's, that is the starting point <laughs> of the problem. Um, the first bar we went to in Brussels was the place that you recently went to. Yeah, which that, I said I couldn't pronounce, pronounce that. either. So, Pochen... Oh, no, I did, I did pronounce it in the end, didn't I? Because I got some help. Or something, but it was a month. That was about a month and yeah. a half ago. So, so anyway, it, it, it's a small bar uh, in Brussels. It was about a ten minute walk from our hotel. So we arrived quite like, quite late on the Thursday night. We said, let's go there. We'll, we'll have a couple of beers. Did have a couple of places that we were thinking of going to, um, but as it turns out, we never got to them because we got cozied in in in, in the bar. Took one look at the menu and was like, going to be here for a while. Started working our way through there. So yeah, a few beers in there. And, and one beer which was an absolute re- revelation for me and I'm sure um, I made him aware of it at the weekend but I'm sure Jezza will be really pleased to hear that I tried the uh, Dupont Avec Bonds Vio yeah. um, which was just incredible as, as, as a beer it was just stunning now it's, it's style is Saison yeah. but it, it goes far beyond that there's hardly any of that Funk that you'd normally get from a saison. It's just straight. It hasn't, got the, it hasn't got the farmhouse. No, it's saison, just, has it's it? just really soft and creamy. There was some sweetness in it, and I thoroughly enjoyed that on on, on the Thursday night. I had a. Did had you a did you that. share the like a seven fifty in yeah. one of the little baskets? Yes, uh, not in the basket on on Thursday night. It was just presented in the bowl. Okay. On 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 the Thursday night, but yeah, we stayed in there for quite a while. On, on the Thursday night. Hardly um, worth booking the hotel for the Thursday well, night. Well, well, it was. I mean, like I said, we were, we were planning to head to some other places, but we, we just never got there because we just stayed there and just carried on drinking. Um, but, yeah, if, if anybody wants to know where it is, let, let me know because I can't pronounce it. For you I can spell it. it. Yeah, I'm, I might put a link in the show notes to it, actually, so you can actually well, see Well, we've both been there in the last couple of months, and yeah. I highly recommend it. Yeah, I, I would. I, I would make it a destination, go to them. And we managed to get sat at a table where we had one of the big puppets on yeah. the end of the table with, with us as well. And um, the, the, These are life-size puppets as well, aren't they? This was a huge puppet, yeah. And our, our server, she had quite the time, every time we finished the drink, she was putting it in his hands or against his arms, so it looked like he was holding all the empties, <laughs> which, which, which was brilliant. So yeah, thoroughly enjoyed that. Got up on Friday morning, travelled over to, to, to Bruges for um, a weekend in Bruges. Did quite a few of the beery places straight off on the Friday. Yeah, Friday afternoon, I suppose. Yeah, uh, went straight to, first one I went to was Degar, um, which had been recommended um, by us, walked in, and, and the fellow was like, oh, have you been here before? I was like, no, he's like, oh, I recommend the house. Beer then. I was like, yes, that's what I'm here to do. Drink house beers. 
two o'clock in the afternoon, I'm presented with an 11% triple. I never knew. <laughs> I never knew it was 11%. <laughs> and, and I was drinking it like it wasn't 11% because it didn't taste 11% either. Never gone with triples and quads and stuff. No, never, never really been into them. I'm, I'm a big fan of quads, not so much triples. Triples are still a little bit sweet for me. They've, st- they've still got a bit too much of that Belgian characteristics yeah. uh, about them. Um, so yeah, went, went into there and then we went um, to, where else did we go? We went to Cambrinus yep. um, for a drink in there. We went to the Trappist as well, which is kind of underground, little cave oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. Um, by this point, I was absolutely craving something that didn't taste Belgian-y. And I was approaching the point of, uh, I'm just going to get a pint of Stella because I just need something that <laughs> isn't going to taste overly Belgian-y. And then I saw that they had on the, um, the Troubadour Jack's IPA, yeah. which, I, which I gave that a try, and that was, that was banging. That's not Belgian-y uh, at all. Um, I just found it really, really dry. Triple really beers are good. I knew that. Crisp, really bitter. It was exactly what I needed. Um, and then on Friday night, I went to a place called Beers and Ribs, or Ribs and Beers, one, it, one of the ways around. But basically, it was um, uh, eat a weekend rib place. So I never found that in Bruges. You paid, I think it was about twenty-five euros uh, for an initial full rack of ribs. Uh, and you could choose from either dry ribs with the chef's special rub, or there were a series of ribs that had been slow cooked in different sauces, and one of those sauces was a, a beer and chocolate sauce. Um, so I went straight in for the dry ones because I thought I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to have the dry ribs and then I'm I'm mine. You think about working up? I'm beer, uh, that beer and chocolate. That's dessert, <laughs> right? Right there. So so yeah, but ribs were fantastic. The, the dry ones were really good. Had nice little nice little spicy kick to them. Um, but the slow cooked, yeah, they just they just fell off the bone. And the beer and chocolate sauce was just incredible. It it just worked so well. It was it wasn't sweet at all. Uh, just very very well balanced. So, so that's, that was that's a, a good price. That is a good price, and even though like you, you get literally you get halfway through your first rack, and they, they come up and say, "Oh, would you like some more?" And it's like, "Well, yeah, well, we're here to take on the challenge, basically." <laughs> uh, and then you get the meat sweats. Yeah, I, I did. You, you get your second rack is, rack is kind of half a rack, so, so they start scaling you down because I, I, th- I think they know that people aren't gonna aren't, aren't gonna smash rack after rack after rack, don't they? Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that was a Friday, and, and then the Saturday was the big beery day for us. It was the day where it was. <laughs> that, that was the big beery day after the evening before. What yeah, that before. yeah. Um, we were going to go, and we were just just going to do a lot of the places that had been recommended to, to us. So we started off at the um, brewery in town, which is the oh, brewery the the Burgoyne. Oh yeah. Um, so they're. They do a lot of kind of house beers and, and, and that sort of thing. So we did a tasting flight of all the beers they had on offer, um, and I discovered Martin's IPA in there. And Martin's, had... Martin's double IPA. Sorry. Six point five percent. I wouldn't really call it a double. But... Does they do they label it as a double IPA? Yeah, it's labelled in, a, in a, and they're in green cans as well. Oh, because I've only had Martin's IPA out of the big bottle. Order for it. No, free so, so the picture I posted to you. Yeah. That was the double IPA. Oh, you see, I think that that double beer may have crept in. Jezza, if you're listening, please. Oh let no, me know. no, no! It's it's a different beer. Oh, it's a different beer because the the, Mar- yeah, but, the but the IPA is about six anyway. The Martin's IPA is is now called something like Martin's IPA Forty Four, 
and the double IPA is called 55. Oh, there's been a bit of rebranding going on a, there, A little it? bit, yeah. So we started off there anyway. It was a nice nice start today. We yeah, sat, it was on, that, on, on the river, river, wasn't it? Sat on the river, tried six different beers um, as, as we went through. Um, and then from there, we just took a wander around town. So we went to the, uh, to the oldest pub in Bruges. Just can't remember the name of. Or can't pronounce. Can't pronounce, probably. It starts with the... Langes or, or something Careful. like that, <laughs> quite up, up towards sort of the. You going towards the square? No, away from the square. So you, you go out, you go over the the canals. Oh, that's, that's, okay. That's out oh, that's further out than the, up. Oh. The canal. So it's been around since the eighteen hundreds. Um, okay. As, as well, so I went up there, had the house beer there as well, eight percent, obviously, clearly, because nothing is is, is lower well, ABV. On the upside, it's three percent less than the house beer you had before. That, that's that's very much true, um, and then walked back into town via Cafe Rose Red, yep. which again uh, a, a big recommendation. By this time it was a nice sunny Saturday afternoon when I sat out in their courtyard. Again, not really feeling the Belgian beers. Had a look for their tap menu, little chat to the waiter. What do you make? Oh, I really feel like something dark. Can I recommend this, sir? And so he recommended me the um, Distrus Black Albert, which was from 2016, I think. And it well, so that's up. about 11% as well, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was quite cool, though. So, so the bottle had been clearly been chilled. And, and I do like a, a cold yeah. stout or porter, and that just worked perfectly at, at that point. Got couple, chatting to a couple of Americans that were there as well, um, Dave and Megan, um, who had just spent 95 quid on a bottle of Three Fontaine Blimey. <laughs> beer. Did they share it with you? They gave us a little taster, yeah. Um, which I was like... <laughs> I can imagine, I can imagine they've, just been, they're really happy. They've managed to get hold of a, a much vaunted sour of Saison type beer, which yeah. is like lauded in America. They've passed a little bit to you and you've pulled the Steve sour and I, face. And I pulled the sour face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, so yeah, a uh, couple of beers in there and then went over to again another place that I can't pronounce. Um, but this is, uh, by all accounts, the craft beer destination in, 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 in Bruges. So is it... Yeah, I can't pronounce it, it either. To brew beer, beer to G? I can't pronounce or, it. It's or one of which opens at four o'clock. So it opens at four o'clock, yeah. Um, and again, just... Pictures of Michael Jackson on the wall. Yeah. As in, as in Michael Jackson, the beer writer. Lots of glasses. Just to be clear. Lots of beer kind of memorabilia on all of the walls. Lots of old labels and signs and all that sort of thing all over the place. Um, and again, I had a, I think I had an Imperial Stout in there, about an 11% Imperial Stout. I think stout I had the Hercule Stout when I yeah. went there. You guys are wild. I'd just be on the lagers, just, yeah, I don't know, I don't know how you do it. I just, well, sometimes I'm just, I'm looking for something, I, sometimes I'm looking for something that I can sip over quite a while. I don't, don't necessarily want to just be necking something. Um, and, and also in Bruges, just sorry to cut in, but if you're going for the lagers, you can you really need to go to just the, the, like the maybe the pub show and the football and stuff somewhere like that. on the square. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's a bit like it, it's, it's a bit like good lagers or just lagers. Uh, it's Jupiler. Okay. A lot of the time, I mean, I'm not a fan of Jupiler. As we said before, we called I'm a fan of Stella. Yeah, yeah. Um, which a lot of people say they can't distinguish, but I I definitely prefer the Stella. Um, but yeah, it's more on the on the square. You can definitely you can. Fill, fill your boots with a lager. Once you go off the square into the little streets, into the little bars, you will be struggling. Right. Yeah, but it's, it's those little bars where you, you, you do kind of find some of the little gems as well, some of the places that you wouldn't have expected oh, yeah. to find, some of the beers that you wouldn't have expected to find. And I, I did very much get to a point where 
a lot of them, their, their taps were very similar in terms of mm -hmm. what they were selling on draft. So the first thing I was doing when I walked in was, where's your bottle list? Yeah. Be good, because I want to have a look through. But also, some of them are so yeah. small, there's only so many taps they're going to have, to be fair yeah. to them. So even the, the most highly rated places might have a really small bar. It's, it's the bottle list you're going yeah, to look for. Absolutely. Um, so, so yeah, all in all, a fantastic weekend in, in, in Belgium. Yeah, and, and Bruges is a lovely. Bruges is a lovely place. Absolutely beautiful. I would absolutely recommend it to anyone that was contemplating a trip um, to, to Belgium. Is is allow probably two days for, for Bruges just to take it all in because it's a beautiful town. Um, there's there's the, I've probably upset people from Bruges now because I keep calling cities towns and towns. It's a city. Okay. It's a, I think it's your smallest city or something. It's a beautiful city. There's there's loads to do there drink wise. If if you're into your seafood. It's oh, you can knock yourself out there. You can go nuts, um, and there's there, there there is. We didn't do a lot of it, but there's lots of kind of touristy stuff. Oh, there's loads, well. and it, it's, it's picture postcard every three or four steps. Yeah, yeah. Especially we're, if you get a clear out. day, you go over a bridge, you're on the water, you're in a a, a bar or a restaurant alongside the water. It is a picture postcard. Yes, yeah. definitely. So so yeah, that's that's pretty much all I've done. Is, is been to Belgium. Well, sounds good though. Belgian beer. Glad you enjoyed it. Glad Emma enjoyed it for her birthday. Yeah, yeah, we both we both enjoyed it. We said we said it's a place we'll go back to again. Oh, I've I've been as, there. As, I've as been well. there. You know, even if you go back and do some of the same things, it's I don't it's think you somewhere you can go and enjoy it. Yeah, if you if you find a place you like, and it's so easy to get to. Yeah, we've uh, we've been presented with enough beer. Yes. What, what, what have we got here? So Nick, what have you pulled for us? I pulled for you bloody hell. It's uh, in its renewed form. Oh well, let's uh, cheers. Cheers. It's been a lot of. Uh, been a bit discussion about, about this recently hasn't there yeah, absolutely so. well let me start by saying that like obviously this is as with all the beers we're definitely listening and probably more than ever with this one um, and that like a lot of the a lot of people have been calling for more orange in it which I think we're definitely going to be looking to do as well um, but the uh, yeah we brought it down to 5.5% to become part of the core range all year round uh, and essentially I can't we did talk about how much science I'd be messing up here but the before it was a case of getting like um, blood oranges, uh, the juice and the zest, kind of like when they came into season, and it was so it fluctuated so much uh, when we were doing that, and um, and even and even then people were still like, no, you need more, you need more, you need more, and we always wanted to keep it quite natural, which is what we've done here. Mm. But um, yeah, we'll be looking to definitely add some more orange to it. I think it's it's getting there definitely one hundred percent in terms of it being a, a really really solid beer. And I mean, I I'm much more. Of the mindset of lower ABV, more of it uh, in terms of the liquid itself. Well, I mean, that's a good thing. I mean, I think a lot of people remember their first time having Bloody L. And I remember the first time I had it was out of the bottle. And that it was probably the first beer I had, which is so overtly fruity and orangey. Yeah. yeah. And actually, I have to admit, it was a train beer. <laughs> Clayton had bought it for me, and I decided I was going to get the train into London one day. And I was like, I'm going to have this on the way into London. And I really did savour it on a 50 minute journey because it was the higher ABV, bags of aroma and flavour. Uh, to me right now, I'm not getting quite as much orange. Ah, right so now, now I'm, I'm getting, I, I'd say I'm getting more orange. What, what, what it seems, the, the, the difference for me seems to me, it's, it's lacking the big bitterness that, that, that used to be with the slider. I think it lacks the bitterness. ABV. It's still quite dry though. But yeah, the dryness, yeah, the dryness there, but, there, bit, but I, I remember it being the last couple of years releases of it. I remember it having a really bitter finish to it. And, and that seems to have been somewhat dialed down, but for, for me, I'm totally getting the, the, the orange. Oh, yeah, I'm getting it, but I'm, I actually think also it's, it's in the memory bank. Yeah, that's, you that's never get that first time that's, again, that, can that, you? That's something that I really find really interesting is like most of the time, 
critical feedback comes from people wanting that first time they try something they've never tried that's like what it is before because yeah. you'll never ever hit that ever no. again no I can, I can never I can time, never so that, yeah. I can never have that moment I'm just on the train I was up by myself on the city so you know the, the like the airline seat you've got your own mm-hmm. little table it was just that I brought a little glass and it was like time it was all good nice sunny day I was on the way to go up to Milton see the family my brother was graduating from university it's the experience right yeah. yeah like everything that happens yeah there. and you know, it, that all it. coming back yeah, it's, it's always when you never had it. Like when I first had Smog Rocket to be, like the first time I ever had it, I was like, what is this? And it never, after that, was a what is this bit. Yeah. But that's because it's, you know, there's lots of different reasons for that. But yeah, like a, I think with a lot, of, a lot of the beers that a lot of breweries have made that are seminally great, and you know, not tooting our own horn at all, but like the, the, when you come back to them after having had them once and been like, I've never had anything like that, you will never have anything like that again because you have. You've you've stretched you've, you've, you've had, stretched your brain. Out. You've had the moment, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. You've exactly. had that moment. I mean, it's what I will say. Really, very drinkable. Oh, it's, it's unbelievably drinkable. Yeah, and you know that dryness. I say about that dryness sort of drops off, and then it just mm-hmm. becomes. It does become a sessionable type beer, even at the five and a half percent. Yeah, well, that's what we. It's absolutely what we're going for. Like more, more, you know, more people drinking it more places taking it you know we're just yeah so this will be a, the, is this now a core beer as well yes it is it yeah. is now a core beer it's very boy and white chosen as well at the moment it yeah. is yeah yeah bloody hell although, although white, I mean literally bloody hell although, although white chosen have got it listed as a seasonal special uh, gonna look into that one but uh, <laughs> you, you know on the little labels under yeah. that, that's, that they've got it as a oh a seasonal special I don't know any brewery who hasn't had issues with the labelling of yeah. the beers in supermarkets <laughs> the, 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 the chain of people that that information goes through is like Chinese whispers I think I suppose but, you yeah. it still says beer well yeah it's not, it's not literally the fruit aisle <laughs> <laughs> but we, we're gonna release um, just to loop back to the kind of like feedback and stuff kind of about it we're gonna release like something explaining what the kind of process is going to be in terms of like tweaking and stuff but yeah, I, mean, was, I mean there was a bit of noise about it when it came out but you know bloody hell was coming out which we all look forward to anyway but it was going to be dialed down in ABV yeah and um, interestingly um, Carl the bearded one from Twisted Barrels talking about it on um, I love I really love Carl Beers Rat Frontiers I think everyone loves Carl <laughs> um, Beers Rat Frontiers and amongst many bits of wisdom and insight he was giving us one of them was about literally what you were just saying that he because if the brewery wanted to become a core beer to be shared with many more people dialing down the ABV won't will make it easier to get the the orange mm. out of it and I really thought about it like that and I thought well actually that's quite a good point it was always the orange that people talk about not the ABV yeah no one said no one said oh it's 7% 7% plus beer I'm going to have it now it was about it's the oranges well, there are things that people care about that are, or that, you know, there's a million and one things that can be your specifics about beer. And if you're, if you, and I don't think there's anything wrong with this, so like, don't say I'm trying to like condescend anybody, but if your association is ABV equals like quality or yeah. like a decent beer, that kind of stuff, I don't, I disagree with you, but that can be your, that can be what you want. You know, you can want a strong yeah. beer and there's all kinds of things available in, in that range of beers, but I, I just don't, I don't agree with it. Um, but I'm closer to the process and I'm closer to the people who are making mm. the decisions based on it. You know, this beer wasn't just knocked together. There were lots of trials and people tasting it and, and saying, you know, this is what we wanted to achieve with this. And when it comes to something that we're being quite bold with, because we know how much people love the old bloody hell and we're trying to give them something that will replace that. And you've just got to stick to your guns a little bit and kind of like get through the initial the problematic initial period where it's so different and that everybody knows that online 
change is not appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, Keyboard warriors, here we go. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. But like, <laughs> no, no, we said it before. We said it. Um, yeah, no, but, but that's, that's what you have to kind of get through. And, and the, um, the one thing that does drive me crazy online is that when there are four or five people all kind of chirping up about something they don't like and it's all the same stuff and they're the ones liking each other's comments and stuff that turns into people saying oh yeah there's a lot of shit online about this isn't there it's like <laughs> not, not really if you look it's, at the amount of people yeah like circle yeah, yeah it feeds itself doesn't it yeah we've, we've all seen that happen before but i mean what i said right now very drinkable uh, yeah. yeah really drinkable I'm, I'm really that's because it. it is a liquid yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're halfway through already what you poured five yeah, minutes ago yeah yeah so steve have we got any news? Yes, let's uh, let's rattle through this. It's, it's just a few bits of news this week. So um, first up uh, was the news that Caskmark are unveiling a new beer accreditation scheme. So this is, I believe, going to be called Beermark, uh, and basically it aims to raise handling and serving standards across the industry, building on the lessons learned by the sister scheme during the past couple of decades. However, the new initiative will focus on beer across the board, not just cask beer. So any publishing to be involved is going to have to pay £195 in the first year and £140 in the second year uh, and will need to pass cellar inspections, bar and service inspections that will assess the correct handling and cleanliness of glassware, the use of correct branding and train staff to pour and serve the perfect pint. The machine will also assess the ice machines that are being hygienically maintained. So. Interesting development, but they decided to branch away from just doing the cask. All, all things that kind of point in, in, in a good direction, really. I mean, some of those, you know, are, are things that a lot of people talk about in terms of particular beers being served in the right glassware and, yeah. and lines being clean. And, yeah, it and sounds and like they've been listening. It'd be interesting to see what the take-up is. Yeah, well, only time will tell yeah. on, on that one. Um, next up, so the news uh, appeared over the weekend uh, on Instagram. Which I find it quite strange that um, of all the breweries that have decided to start using Instagram, the Colonel. Colonel, uh, <laughs> are using are using Instagram as their preferred social media. Because um, it's a nice one. Yeah. It's a nice social media. Uh, is that um, they're in the planning stages of opening the new tap room? Yes. Sorry. So we'll be in Bermondsey uh, opening later on in the year. So that that's a, that can only be good news, isn't it? That we'll see. Uh, a, a kernel tap room again. I just, I mean, because uh, obviously their tap room used to be part of the brewery anyway, but they got frustrated by that part of the crowd that would turn up uh, between 12 and 2 when it would be just mobbed, people just drinking, not really appreciating the beers, that kind of stuff. What I used to love about the kernel tap room is that compared to all the other places in the Bermondsey Beer Mart, they used to open at 9 o'clock. So you, so could, you could go early. You yeah. could go early. It's obviously, it's quite early to have a beer, but you go early, you could have almost a place to yourself. Apart from a few people going next door to get some cheese and some takeaways, it was nice. people weren't sitting there drinking. You may have had your mum of coffee next around the corner as well when they had one there, and it was just a lovely little spot. Um, they must feel that they're going to get it the way they want to do it because if it gets like it was before, they'll just close it again. Yeah. So I assume it's not going to be at the brewery. No, they must be looking at, at spaces somewhere they could use to use to, as to, a to, tap to room. Do it, but if you think now of, of, of that little run down there when they open their tap room again oh that place will be right yeah. up there I mean, Colonel Brew by Numbers Cloud Hall and more all yeah. within a very short or yeah, distance or you have Colonel 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 <laughs> Colonel <laughs> yeah just, just, just go to the Colonel tap room and never leave <laughs> I'm, I'm not leaving Evan <laughs> um, 
we also had the news uh, that Northern Monk have um, secured some new investment in, in into the business. So um, they released this via a, a blog on the website, um, and basically the highlights of the blog were saying that um, they continue to expand and they're, they're once again running close to capacity. Um, they were approached by a company called Active Partners who specialise in backing young challenger brands. I don't actually know what that means, what a young challenger brand is. Um, uh, well, I think it's like a, like it's, it's when you've got past being a startup. Okay. I might have got this wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's the guys that did Honest Burger. Yeah, they're, yes. they're involved in Honest Burgers, Secret Cinema, and Leon. And I think, oh, by, by, the word, by the word active, I think they're, rather than just investing and just sitting back, they become they try to become part of it as well. Yeah. So it's a creative agency sort of vibe to it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so they um, invested uh, with just under a 25% stake in, in Northern Monk business. Um, which will allow Northern Monk to grow again, uh, further expansion, open up a few more refectory sites, which, which is an interesting statement in itself because I'm sure they promised with the round of crowd investment that if they reached a certain level they'd open Manchester and London. Yeah. But we've only seen Manchester. We haven't seen London they've, yet. They've never, they've, never, they've never yet come to London. Um, so, so they've obviously got ambitions to open a few more around the country. Um, they've also set out on the journey to become a B Corp accredited uh, company, which is something they've explored in the past and are now in the process of obtaining. Uh, B Corp certified businesses commit to prioritising the responsibility to their employees, communities and environments. So that's that's quite a, a bold statement yeah. that they're making there. Um, opportunity for all Northern Monk investors uh, to sell some shares if they bought in them, if they wish to, uh, for those that have invested, they'll be in touch in a few weeks. Uh, and also uh, one of the original investors, David, is selling a significant portion of his shares, um, for which they're eternally grateful for the input that they've gave us. Um, so so that, was, that was the big news. And on the back of that, we did have a listener actually ask us a question directly on this, um, Ian Hay at IIA, um, his question was simply, is this good or bad? I'm not, again, I think I'm very, I'm much more nuanced and grey with these kind of answers. If I was, because I have invested in Northern Bank, I enjoyed our time when we went there a few years back as part of the Crimbo Crawl, generally liked quite a lot of their beers. But if I had invested last year, was it, last, it was only last it year, wasn't it? Last year, yeah, Less than a year, actually, yeah. crowdfunding. I'm not sure how I would feel now about it. So if you're looking at it as a, you've crowdfunded <coughs> from a personal perspective because you believe in what they're doing, then I might feel a bit, hmm, not sure you should have sold quite so quickly. Mm. So it feels a little bit Camden, because that happened with Camden, yeah. didn't it? If you've invested to actually make a bit of a return, then I'm quite happy about it. For me as a punter, who has no real emotional connection to Northern Monk, I say it's neither good nor bad, it's what works for Northern Monk, it works for Northern Monk, but I think that it's easier to do that kind of thing when you haven't done crowdfunding so so soon, or so recently. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? I, 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 I hadn't actually thought about that point, but now you say that, yeah, it, it, it is quite soon after there. Their, their crowdfunding, which I'm, I imagine is probably the reason why they're giving the the option for people to sell some of their yeah, shares. Yeah, definitely. Um, because I, you know, I had that happen with some of my shares from Brewdog, 
in, in terms of when they took the the twenty two percent investment um, from the private equity company, they gave investors an opportunity to sell, sell back. So I'm sure that's something that you, oh, be very similar, you just yeah. have to do. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I think you, you know, I don't. I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, I think if it allows Northern Monk to continue to grow, um, if it allows them to continue to uh, achieve over their capacity, get their beers into more places, open up new bars around the country, new refectories that people can go to and enjoy their beers, all, all of that's surely only a good thing. I think for the general, for the average punter in the in the street, it's not a bad thing. I just think for the people who are personally invested rather than financially invested. They might have mixed feelings about it. Mm. I've not seen any, any any negative comments about it. No, no. I, uh, I, 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 I haven't, but there must be some somewhere. But yeah, I of course there would be. <laughs> so, so, someone's going to be unhappy about <laughs> it's it. It's social media. Yeah. Um, and then the final news story, and, and again, just on the lines of uh, kind of investments and, and, and that sort of thing, um, the news that Boston Beer Company and Dogfish Head are merging in, in a $300 million deal in, in the States. And I think this was quite... I mean, I don't think it's, it's really crazy waves over here, but in the States, I think this has actually been quite a big deal. I, th- I think so, yeah. Um, I mean, it comes four years after Dogfish Head sold 15% to stake to NNK Partners, which who gets are a repaid, equity firm, but then gets repaid which they're now paying back. Um, but actually, it, it, the merger allows both of the breweries to maintain that all-important craft status in the states yeah so they because in the states they had a it's capacity isn't it i think it's based on capacity or it's how based much on they capacity brew. and the amount of investment that's yeah. been put into the which is why that brooklyn investment stayed under a certain it's 25 percent it? isn't yeah. it yeah um but yeah they did create a few waves over in the states because i think a lot of people were surprised about dogfish head selling a stake but they've not have they sold or have they they've, they've, they've well, they, kind of, it feels they like they've invested in each other well they called it a merge yeah but then like anything over in the states the people who were invested over there as in invested in craft beer or invested in either of the companies were calling it a merge slash takeover slash sell yeah. as it would have been over here it would have been exactly the same comments over here wouldn't it well it, it would and and I think I think that the, the most important thing I think for, for our market in the UK is and I saw some people commenting this obviously at the moment um, the Boston Beer Company is produces Sam Adams, yep. which I think is currently still being contracts brewed by Shepherd Neen. Unfortunately, in, in, yeah. In Kent, uh, yeah. There's a lot of questions about whether the recipes changed and that sort of thing. Don't taste like this Boston logo I had in Boston um, last year. But there's a lot of people saying, "Well, is this now going to mean that it's going to open up more avenues to us seeing more Dogfish Head beer in the UK?" Which can't be a bad which thing. Which can only be a good thing. Yeah. In terms of the beers, when I was in the States, of the, the dogfish head beers that I got to try when I, I was out do- there. I had dogfish head 90 minute IPA as a train beer. They sold it on the train I, between I bought, Boston and New I York. I bought it in a supermarket <laughs> off the shelf. And, and I was like, my word, you can't get this beer in the UK. And I've just walked into a supermarket and there it is on the shelf in front of me. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be happy with that. It's, it's just ridiculous. It's, 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 it's a, judging by, again, the stuff I was reading, it was a... A combo that most people had not predicted. No, just just kind of came Happened. out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. As, as most of these things do. Is that the so news? That is the news. Um, yes, we're almost. At and the that's end. the beer as well. We're almost at the end of the bloody <laughs> L. Uh, final thoughts on that. So my initial thing about the whole orange thing, 
I'm, I am getting the oranges, but just that whole first time thing mm-hmm. still in the back of my mind. But I could drain a few pints of this definitely. I think I think that reduction in ABV has, has, has really lent itself to that becoming far more sessionable. Yeah. In, in terms of and know, obviously 5. Our, 5. yeah, I was going to say our version of sessionable has probably changed in the last five, yeah. five years or so. But at five and a half percent. I'd quite happily have a couple of pints of those, whereas if I'd gone out to have it when it was first released, when it was a seasonal release, I probably would not have had a couple of pints of it. No, that's well, you just you kind of quoted our blog post in a lot of ways. That's what we that's what we kind of were doing it for. Yeah, and like in like like all of our beers, it might surprise people to know that everything gets tweaked all the time, based on feedback, based on the sensory panels that we do. You know, we do a lot of sensory these days, every day. Really? The, yeah, every day there's some sensory and it's all anonymous and it's all very much you know, like labelled things. But one of the big things for Beer World, the, the, the big new brewery, is going to be a proper sensory room like they have in America where it's, it's like a weird game show almost. They have like kind of a, a thing where it gets passed to them through a wall and it, no one even knows what's really happening with that stuff. And I've always been so surprised about how intense the sensory is in there. But yeah, so the sensory has always been a big part of mm. what we're doing. And all the beers go through it, every single beer, almost every week. So it's very much no a case idea. of... <clears throat> no, no, sorry, uh, that's, no, that's no, amazing. You're, 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 you're always listening then. So and if you're you always fail, listening. And if, you fa- like if a beer fails sensory, that beer's not released. Wow. It either gets tweaked or it, or it just gets bent. Like that's, it's a big part of brewing. It's, yeah, it's, it's very important. I mean, it's yeah. something that I think people overlook a lot. But yeah, yeah I, I'm not saying people overlook, but I think that's quite interesting. I mean, that's quite some lengths. Because presumably people a bit like releasing you, a film you have to, there's, a, there's yeah. an, an audience you say right, what do you think to start off with but what you're saying is this is a continual process as well well to bring it back to the artwork as well like the way that I the way that I would do what I guess sensory would be is over the years I've either been like right I'm going to take a bit of a chance at this one and see how people feel about it and either it's not done as well as usual or it's done better and then take that away from that and then use that knowledge in the next things or I just get really belligerent so evolving <laughs> all the time so evolution rather than revolution yeah I think so which is which I think is really also like for, for, like traditional traditional beer drinkers um, are, are you know as we as you can kind of see on other stuff are very much like we want it to taste the same all the time we want yeah. the same the same kind of flavour the same sort of thing and when it comes to uh, you can either you can be one or two ways about it you can keep evolving and changing and kind of like work, like rolling with the punches a bit in terms of that sort of stuff or you can try and provide for that but that's that's hard the first but it's very hard to keep it like the same because people move very quickly on they're quite transient yeah, yeah. that sort of thing and we probably don't even know we're doing it no 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 not, nobody's actively doing that and you know and it's and it all links back into this kind of online behaviour of like you can shout at a brewery not like their beer and that will probably stick with someone at the brewery longer than it'll stick with the person who shouted at them. You know, it's like very much. Oh, that's yeah. an interesting comment. Isn't it? Just yeah. So we shout out into the ether. Oh, we've done our bit. Brewer remembers it in the back of their head. Yeah, like yeah, absolutely, and and it won't. You know, it's not going to keep them up at night, but it will be something that's in the. If somebody has said something quite specific about a beer online and how yeah. they don't like it, that's going to stay with them. But that's probably a throwaway comment because that person just feels that they can behave like that because they're behind a screen and it's you know the yeah. whole the whole what you said earlier the keyboard warrior thing but but a lot of the time the, the feedback's really important it's very necessary to to keep, to keep things to keep things going and you, you just you have to remember that like I said that the the loudest voices what's the phrase the, uh, an empty barrel makes the most noise yeah <laughs> and let's face it no one likes an empty barrel yeah exactly. never <laughs> 
but that's um, yeah it's just staying staying on the right side of what is genuine feedback and what is kind of like uh, creating a spectacle next beer then we've got is uh, so this is from left handed giant and duration this is called minority steak it's a 6.1% India <laughs> pan ale ironic, um, ironic name <laughs> ironically um, and this probably is probably quite, quite a targeted name <laughs> I'm around there <laughs> Um, this is a, a wonderful design with two yeah, knights. Yeah, it's two uh, well knights, on, like on, knights on, of the round table it. almost, isn't it? Yeah. So, so the next few beers we're going to drink are um, beers from breweries that were suggested by listeners for the artwork. They think do do artwork well. Yeah. And, and obviously, this is where we'll really get into some of the nuts and bolts with Nick as well around how important it is in terms of getting the artwork right bringing that in, in line with the beer. So, um, yeah, it feels weird kind of drinking another brewery's beer in, 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 the, <laughs> in Beaver Town's yeah, tap Thank room. God. Like, no, God, yeah. thank God. Shall we uh, let's see yeah, what's let's, let, let's give, let's yeah. give, let's give it a try. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh, soft, fruity nose. Mm. It's very much juice on the nose. Like orange juice. Mm. A little bit of breakfast juice maybe as well. It's almost like a slightly stronger orange squash. Yeah, as if you've done one and a half parts. Yeah, I mean, it's, Actually, it's, not, it's not full on murk. It Rob, is it is cloudy. Barley, Robinson's barley, orange barley. I'll, I'll give you that. Actually, that's a, that's a good shout on that. Robinson's orange barley. Yeah. That's what it reminds me yeah. of. Should yeah. we go and play tennis now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got that. Yeah, that kind of like sweets. Uh, the sweets. Yeah, yeah, it tastes yeah. Like barley, yeah. I'm gonna take yeah. that. I'm gonna put it on my untapped if I remember. <laughs> So, left-handed giant are obviously doing some quite exciting things with with, with their artwork at the moment. They're they're obviously got a slightly bigger landscape than than, than you use on your three thirty mil cans. Um, do, do you know the guys behind the the, the work here? So this is yeah. J- so James, I've not met him to actually talk to him, but we've chatted online, um, and there definitely is massive mutual respect. He's great. The thing I'm looking at right now is the edges of the labels, because you can kind of forget that the label ends up in just disappearing into nothing mm-hmm. and the, he's gone he's continued all the illustration goes all the way to the edge he's not skimped on any detail and stuff which is really something which i always really admire and yeah. someone like doing that kind of stuff but yeah this is a really cool design and i'm always a big fan of kind of floating landscapes as well so this is kind of ticks all the boxes for me and nights i mean some nights that i draw on the wall behind you very similar style but the um yeah i think this is really really good design and also like not too much color as well because like the thing about Layer printed cans is that you can only use a few colours, so you could go nuts on a label, but he hasn't, and it's all the better for it. Like it's just, I think it's just a really, really nice design that works really well. Yeah. It's just really. Soft. To, to, to the untrained eye, there, there's two colours there. There's pink and green. That's yeah. what I was going to say. And there's a I'm few a, pinks in there. Though, yeah. I'm, assuming, I'm assuming to you, there's there's a bit more nuanced colours, shades. But yeah, I would have said, what's the colours? Maybe a bit of black. <laughs> I don't know why it takes. I don't know why it takes a while, and it took a while for me as well to realise that less is so much more. Like it's just you. If you keep working in and working in and working, in, you'll never stop, and you end up with something that looks overworked and a bit crap, really. Like a, there's a, there's versions of our even our logo that have too much detail in them, mm. and I just now I just feel like a dumbass for pushing them so hard to try and be what I want. But yeah, like that's just a great example. And, you know, there's lots of, there's lots going on in it, but it's not it's not too much at all. It's kind I mean, of. Do you, do you look at? Um, I presume as you're, you you like your art anyway. Do you look at other cans and think, oh, that's that's not too bad at all? Oh, big time! Yeah, there's yeah, there's good and bad. Yeah, and, like, and yeah, that's 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 great. So yeah, 
I mean, it's it spills off a bit as well. Like it gets, it's just like not to get too pretentious and stuff. But you know, like when I was you know learning about art, when stuff kind of spills off of a canvas, it creates a bit more of kind of like um, a drama to it, I guess. And there's, there's stuff happening you can't see, and it's got that feel. It's matte, isn't it? Yeah. That, that now matte. I will. I I never really say this out loud, but there are a lot of things that I think that we kind of pioneered, but then got kind of picked up, and they were kind of just the standard mm. of labels and things. And we, when we first started doing it, I spent a lot of time working with our label guys, Label Express. Um, to work on the map, the contrast between the map and the gloss yeah. on the label. So there's a whole kind of an extra element where I might want matte here and I want gloss here, and then a lot of those in there. Like the so is this, is this like a sciencey bit as well, then? Because it's not just about the art; it's about how it feels. Yeah, absolutely. So, like the difference between the matte and the gloss is very apparent on there. Yeah. So we've got the uh, Beaver Town Caravan Espresso Imperial. Uh, espresso stout which is about to fall into my rucksack accidentally <laughs> which has the uh, matte and smooth finish really yeah and then mix that with the the, the silver oh yeah yeah uh, but it's, I think it's actually a different slightly different matte finish to this one but again you've your, your attention to detail on this is it, and I've never noticed this before I'm, I'm a big fan of this beer I, I, I love this one when it comes out it's my favourite um, but it, it's kind of like the, the, the bony bits are smooth yeah, like, like they should be. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? Um, so it's like the it's like the smooth yeah. and matte finish are in the right places. Yeah, and we and obviously we had this this can printed to to match too, because we when I saw because this this was kind of happening for a while actually kind of labelled cans we were doing it ourselves when we first started on wrapping bottle mm-hmm. labels around yeah. cans, but I didn't want it to look like that. I wanted it to be a continuous thing. So you can you can peel these off and then underneath is just a can made fully of this kind of star spacey texture because we, we made the executive decision collectively I think well so you have a picture like. underneath the label yeah it's just but it's just the starry background but it's, it's I'm, yeah. just trying to, I'm trying to peel this off no that's right that's well, just um, pretty ima- that is an amazing amount of detail so, so, that, so that means you can still buy the bulk order that you need to buy of those cans, cans yeah. and, and then, then you your the designs will work with any I, of your designs will I might be wrong but I'm pretty sure that Justin Moore does it too I think that he's got a can that he labels with his specials as well yeah which is, which are also really good beers and also really good designs there is, but there is, there, is a, there is a science behind that then, isn't there, so there it's is, not, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, just so about the art there is a science that. that's gone behind that well it made the most sense at the time to do a starry background yeah uh, because there's so many of them were space and stuff and and also, like, I, like one of the people, and this just sounds so cheesy, like, Logan is so anal and so much attention to detail. I'm actually pretty haphazard when it comes to stuff, and, like, he has, over the years, been like, okay, like, wh- why is this like this? And I'm like, oh, because I messed it up. <laughs> oh, don't do that again. <laughs> why is it like this? I messed it up. Okay. But don't let it happen yeah, again. Yeah, Some, <laughs> somehow, 100,000 cans of neck oil went into the market saying Session Pale Ale instead of Session IPA, and it was about a week before he realised that I'd messed that up. And, I and the way I messed that up is because we first started drafting the designs I didn't I wasn't that in tune with what beers were called yeah. when we first started doing it and so I said oh this is a session pale ale and I did it and he, and he quickly went no no it's a session IPA session pale ale doesn't make a lot of sense and I was like okay great and I changed it on the design for the can but not on the design for the print that I'd done so when I was being lazy I quickly searched for neck oil on my Mac and pulled up the print design and sent that to the canning <laughs> oh. people and 100,000 cans turned up with that on it so if, you, if you've got one of those Hold you on own it. yeah you have yeah. a piece of history there <laughs> something that's worth money there, yeah. well I don't know about yeah, money probably. but yeah Logan will buy off you just yeah. to get it off the market yeah, you say that but probably yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, now this one this one that you've actually pulled out is quite an interesting one uh, and just, just allow me to 
go off for a while on this because are we, are we doing a tangent yeah um, you've, you've also this year you released the Tempest version a barrel aged espresso as, as, as well so which had a, a kind of almost a sister label so yeah yeah, yeah same, how same did that thing. work for you in terms of designing that label to to hark back to the I'm original more, I'm more actually I wanted to change it again I wanted it to be like heavy water a different label every year I'll probably change it again next year but I did have the Tempest label in my mind first so I wanted it to be these kind of like clouds of smoke kind of imagery mm. coming out of the skeleton with the designs because I thought it would work quite well on the on the Tempest bottles because there's a lot less space to play with and it worked really well on both but I kept the kind of like weird skulls in the background from the original ones I think yeah. David the, the guys from Caravan wanted it to be um, somewhat themed around the All Blacks so there's the this is one of the All Blacks players I think with the, the shaped uh, I don't really know but oh, I didn't oh we need Clayton for that bit we anyway. need Clayton for that um, one, yeah. but then David I think it was the week David Bowie died as well so you've got the little Ziggy scar as well in the in the background I kept all that stuff just the little bits of detail <laughs> that I've never picked up on before so that's um, been on all of them and I kind of I want to keep changing but yeah I really like that that, they, that and Heavy Water which are together in the fridge there actually are my two favourites uh, this this year's heavy water. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot more colour in that this year. Am I right in saying? It's just got no black line to it. Like I just decided I was just going to do like a very weird, almost like because the the background. This is a nice little tidbit. The background of that label is the the plans for the canning line for the new brewery. Sorry. Yep. I'm pretty sure no, it's an no way. <laughs> an original draft of that was yeah. If you look at the background. Oh yeah, there's all these kind of purple blueprints and I put that across the, the even the original designs were bottling line plans and stuff and, and uh, I remember showing the drafts to the guys and they were like you need to remove their logo from this stuff <laughs> like all, all the companies were still you can still kind of see the logos of the things but yeah so if you if you want a cheap way to design a canning line layout then just buy some heavy water and <laughs> it's, it's all there it's all right it's behind some BPCTs that are melting <laughs> yeah, yeah, the proprietary information has so, gone so is there a lot of um, is there a lot of hidden stuff in your the yeah, d- designs that people wouldn't see on the first. Yeah, or but also a lot of stuff. Third glance. A lot of stuff that you wouldn't get if you weren't my wife. So there's. Okay, the, just there's for clear, neither of us are. No, Well, not yet, but like. <laughs> give me, give me a bottle yeah, of potential. <laughs> so I think we we were talking off offline uh, earlier, and you were saying about having a bit of a universe, and I think mm-hmm. the two cans you've just talked about. You have a little bit of a world going on with your art and design, is that correct? Yeah, much more with the core range, and that, that was kind of something which is important. With this, I like to kind of whatever I'm kind of into yeah. will definitely play a big part. Um, and I have this for heavy water, I have this uh, micro machine of a B52 bomber that I still play with in my house. I'll still walk through the corridor of my house just like, yeah. Do you make the noise at the same time? Yeah, of course I <laughs> It's embarrassing. We <laughs> um, like having a lightsaber. But, the, but yeah, with that, like heavy water, um, there's a lot of science behind heavy water. It's like, uh, I forget what it's like, denutrinoized water that's used in the cooling of fission rods in, in nuclear um, fission. Uh, it's, it's genuinely denser water. Um, and I, I, I talked about to the guys about getting hold of some heavy water to maybe use in a brew. And uh, it's very radioactive and also very illegal. So it's not, <laughs> not something that you're really supposed to have. So the answer was no? Yeah, the answer was no. Um, but yeah, so there's. I just. I need to. I used to be really good at like spouting off what exactly heavy water was, but now I need to go on Wikipedia again. The, um, <laughs> but yeah, so their the whole the whole concept. Is, I think it's a great name for a beer. Logan came up with it for the um, for the stout series that we do, and mm. I think it's just it's a quality 
quality name and it's, it's created some what I think is really cool artwork um, yeah that's, that's um, I'm going to pay a lot more attention I, I am so, so you've obviously got you, you've got two versions of your artwork well three versions you've got your, your core range mm-hmm. beers that are all of a very similar theme and six, six to seven colours yeah total um, then you've got your kind of specials that, 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 that come out that are in these wraparound cans that are, are very unique design. You can, get some, you can get some textures into the designs. So, yeah. You can get a lot of detail in. Yeah. And, and then you've got your, your, your Tempus project as well, which is your Delicates. wild, barrel aged, all that sort of thing going on as well, as well which is very different. Apart from obviously heavy, uh, heavy Lord, they're quite delicate labels. Yeah. 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 But it's all, all three of them are. Instantly, distinctively, Beaver Town. You, you can, you, you could, yeah, yeah, you could see them from across the room on a shelf on the fridge, and straight away you'd be like, "There's Beaver Town beer there." I've not seen it before. What is it? I want to go and try it. That, that's obviously very intentional, isn't it? Absolutely. Would it be hard to do it any other way though? Because isn't it a bit like uh, when I talk about graffiti artists having a signature? Not literally, sometimes a signature, but the way they do their graffiti. Like uh, Toothless, the the pressure drop yeah. for Alligator's Tugboat. Is it, is it Toothless or Gold Tooth? I forget, but you know the, the teeth. Yeah. The one Gold Tooth, yeah. So tooth, you presumably have a style regardless. It's not It's not intentional. I know that sounds like I'm trying to uh, just be quite blasé about it, but it's just the way, I, way I've always drawn. Um, and the way I talk about it and think about it a lot of the time is that I'm not, I'm not, like the, I'm not amazing at drawing. I just have a unique style, so it's not something like if you if you were like right, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here. Will you sketch me? Probably not be very good, because that's just not how I how I operate. That's not how you work. Yeah, like I'm not, and I and I I've been meaning to actually do some life drawing glasses or something because I actually feel like I'm lacking that ability. That but that just not be a series of sketches of skulls. Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> just be, every picture will be yeah. someone who's a skull. Ah, <laughs> damn it! Did it. It's just, the only thing Nick sees is a skull. This life model has become a space woman or a man. Yeah, like it's just like that sort of thing. But yeah, like so. Um, yeah, it's not necessarily this, the the kind of like quality of the drawing. It's more the uniqueness and and, and people really latch onto that because there's a lot behind it. Like I. I keep I keep discovering things that are my influences as well, like the, the space rocket from Thunderbird, uh, not Thunderbirds, uh, Wallace and Gromit at Grand Day Out. It's definitely the the Luke Lloyd space rocket, but a kind of stretched out version mixed with the kind of Tintin um, destination moon rocket. Um, and then the same oh, with the I love Tintin. And then the same with the Gamma Ray Man as well. Like it was in I, I used to devour Thunderbirds episodes. And that's the Thunderbirds colours. They're the Thunderbirds colours. And I didn't even really register that until quite quite recently that they, they are. are yeah yeah they just are like it's just yeah. that's, what, that's what I chose for that thing and it wasn't referenced from an image the reference imagery was Han Solo shooting a gun and I think some like sci-fi artwork from something else probably 2001 or some like concept drawings you know the um, beats these magical machines or whatever the cross sections But yeah the blue and yellows they're uniform yeah 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 they still watch that stuff no. so. But, yeah. that, but that's that's kind of it when it comes to it like it's not you don't have to be we talked about it earlier before we were recording that you know you're not People say, "Oh, I can never draw like that. I can, I can do that." Like, yeah, but you could draw like you draw. And the thing is, if you just keep working at it, you end up with a drawing style. Mm. Anybody can do it. It's like, yeah. No, I would still disagree. It's been like saying anyone can brew beer. <laughs> no. No. So, has your style always been skulls and bones and aliens and the skull? And the skull thing was like kind of a cop out to it when I realised that it's it's non uh, like well well to use a really modern phrase it's non binary. Like if you if you can just have a character that you can't attribute like a 
um, like a sex to or a gender or an age or anything like you, you're kind of winning already because no one can say like well you're not inclusive you're not doing this and the other yeah. and I don't know if you you know <laughs> a few skeletons that are definitely guys and a few skeletons that are definitely women and stuff but like you know just applying the hair and kind of like yeah. some eyelashes or something yeah. but it's always been because it's made a lot of sense to do it in that kind of instance but again like um we, when i first learned what the, the portman group was the guys that um kind of deal with the marketing of alcohol and stuff i i, I realized there were a lot of laws against uh, appealing to kids which we've obviously dealt with them even despite this kind of what i'm going to say but the, the gamma ray spaceman looked like damn dare when i first did them and i thought well that's a kid's tv show i need to change that yeah, but Dan, Dan Day was in the Eagle comic, wasn't it? Which yeah, was aimed at so. children. Yeah, yeah, but there's a lot of children now who've got no idea what Dan Day yeah, is. Yeah, oh, yeah Dan Day, Action Man. <laughs> Good point. What's let's, a comic? Let's, yeah, let's be honest. Dan Day, like, Dan Day to Action Man is not a huge jump, but Action Man is still a big thing. Yeah. G.I. Joe has kind of somehow come back around, and it's like, yeah, it's kind of... They're all that kind of like chisel draw sort yeah. of thing, and I can't remember where I got the imagery for that from. But then I just changed it to the skulls, and we still got, we still got kind of... Yeah challenged on it but still that oh, was it's interesting you bring that up because we covered this on the last show yeah that was quite you, recent you, wasn't you it recently um, so you successfully won two complaints yeah. now against Portland first on Gamma right? yeah yeah and, and the most recent one on, on, on Neck Oil and it was interesting because as we were re- reading through the release on Neck Oil it, it was like you guys had literally Preempted every question that was yeah. going to be asked by by the Portman group. Well, we we done it before, and like with Gamma Ray, for example, like it was uh, it was tough. You know, it was like six months of, of, of me pretending to to be a lawyer. You know, it was like it was very Ali McBeal, and it was like um, it was very much a case of like you're not you know you don't understand like this doesn't get so like I remember one of the questions when we ended up in front of what I keep calling the naughty table. We had emails and emails and emails where I was like, this is going nowhere, can we meet up and talk about this? Because this is our flagship brand, you change this, you're changing our whole, our whole deal. Mm. And we ended up in front of their panel. And the questions were, were mostly very much like along, along the level, of, you know, like, how can you back this up as not being appealing to kids? And you, know, you kind of have to kind of not swerve it, but kind of say, like, but you have to understand it doesn't, it's not got a unique appeal to under 18, which is what their, their whole thing is. It appeals to people who grew up with this stuff, who are now adults who drink beer. That's why we've got the audience we do. But it's not being sold anywhere where it, you could put your hand on it as an under 18 year old. Which is what we've said. It's not in, the, it's not so in, the, times, it's not in the Coke aisle. It's not with the soft drinks. Mm. They're in very different aisles. Like they, it's very, the thing is that like I get... I, I believe when the Portland group say that if they weren't there, the government would be in charge of it and they'd be much less open to negotiation. I believe that. I don't think that there is, you know, that there's a fundamental problem with having some like, a group like the Portland group at all. I think they do a good job in... Because it's like, if you look at all the things that have been complained about that are legitimate, there's a lot of stuff. Mm. There's a lot of really grim names of stuff, dog piss, cat shit, beer, stuff like that. Like, just... just because that's like a There's no need for any of that, is no, there? And, no, and then, and then yeah. finally, they're starting to go after sexist branding, which is fantastic. Um, maybe a bit too late, mm. but it's definitely something which is which worth um, them doing. But then at the same time, we've kind of been through it with Gamma Ray, but to the point where you know, one of the, one, I think one of the questions was genuinely, so what if this gets sold in a club to like an underage club? And I'm like, well, I don't really understand what you're talking about because I used to go to barn parties and stuff when I was like 15, 16 and you, there was never any beer like because that's the whole point yeah you try to bring beer in you get turned away like mm. it's kind of that sort of thing yeah 
but yeah, it, was, it shouldn't be told at an underage. And it was, it was like, it, and it's not, it's hard to, it's hard to say this without sounding like you're kind of having a go, and I'm not. It's just like there was no, there was no proper knowledge of what was going on, with how things were moving on, and how different it was. Because we were at, th- at this point, which is like three or four years ago now, we were on the on the kind of cusp of the wave of breweries doing what we're now doing. I mean, you've got this left-handed giant beer in front of us. You've got this Northern Monk beer in front of us. It's all. I mean, if you look at the beer shelf, it's like a rainbow. You know, it's like absolutely yeah. not what it used to oh, be. Probably coloured. Well, we were both we were both commenting on this recently that we were listening to Stephen Rowland's beer podcast, and they were actually saying that actually the things that now stand out on the shelves are the bottles. It's bottles. <laughs> because yeah. because there's less of them, and and it's it's like they've got to be the the, the striking designs now. So next up, we're going to be um, just continuing on the artwork theme. Um, this is, uh, I believe this is a rebrew of the original Northern Monk Patrons project because this is 1.01, so, so this is first Patrons project beer oh, that they I didn't did. Realize that. This is uh, a coffee porter, 7.4%. Uh, it's a version of their Northern Star beer um, using specific um, uh, coffee in it, which I'm not going to try and pronounce because I can't. Um, is that original beer, the one with the, the kind of like palm trees and the silver on it? I can't remember what that, maybe I'm, that was a different I'm beer. Not, but I'm not sure. Oh, it had a peel back label where you could peel the whole thing back. One, one. It was definitely, uh, a, definitely a peel back label. Yeah, again, this was uh, a recommendation from listeners in terms of we have to feature a Northern Monk beer on a show about artwork because obviously Northern Monk are quite unique still in terms of, and I'm going to try and do it, live as we talk they're yeah they're, they're wraparound labels there's there's nobody nobody else doing this is Man, there, i really there? i really In wish we'd beat them cans. i really wish we'd beaten them to that punch because that is such a cool it's such Wasn't, a cool sorry because i'm un- unaware of this because yeah. i don't peel labels you you've never had a patron so you can look underneath no, no, i've had a patron's beer but i never peel labels you've never peeled the labels off no so, so you've still got you've still got your northern monk label yeah but this bit peels off and it tells you so this has got it tells you all about the artist, yeah. tells you all, all about the collaborator, and tells you all about the beer on the underside of the label. So essentially what they've given you is a double label. Yeah. Oh, it's like having a B-side almost, but yeah, I, I, I don't I just don't peel labels. I can't I can't believe you've never seen that. But you but also you like using Drew, Drew Milward as well for like some of their labels, who is just the most fantastic illustrator. That's yeah. the really detailed, like everything going on at once kind of thing, and yeah, just fantastic. Yeah. But they've used so they've used different artists for. I think I'm not quite sure how the patrons numbering works, but I think each number has a different artist or set of yeah. creatives yeah, yeah, a, a, yeah. A, attached to it. So each version of a patrons beer will have a different label, a different style to that label. It will still have this wrap around. I see that bit on you, but label. I didn't know about the information behind so it. So you've been drinking all these patrons beers and never read what's under I the I mean I haven't drunk loads of them, but I didn't know about the secretary label bit. So I have learned something. It's very okay. cool. I'm going home now. My, yes. my job's done. Well, you know you've got I've to le- you've got to drink some more and we've got to talk some more. I've learned so, stuff. Um cheers. 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 I mean I'm I'm looking forward to this. When 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 oh. when do you ever not look forward to a coffee porter? So this is, I can't, like any kind of, anything that tastes remotely like banana and a light beer, I put it down and won't drink it. But mm. with, when, when it comes to like porters and stouts, for some reason it's like, you ever had like a, a banana wrapped in foil with some chocolate put on a barbecue? 
Yeah, I think it's kind of like, yeah. yeah, it's kind of like that. I've never picked up the banana on it before. No. Now you say that. <laughs> so now you say that. But it's not. But it's not the banana. Like it, I mean, it probably is an ester. Like not it the Belgian banana. No, no, but it's, no, not, but it's, it's that's uh, where it's going towards. It's almost like the um, almost like the wheat in a wheat beer, which gives you that banana yeah. aroma. Yeah, yeah. So I can see where you're coming. It's almost like a banana chew kind of thing. But no, yeah. I I wouldn't have picked it up yeah. before. So <laughs> obviously your background with beer is because of the art but presumably over the years you've picked up a bit about beer as well well they really want me to and it's kind of frustrating when they're like right we need people who don't know a whole lot to, to at least be part of the sensory panel or whatever and I always get it wrong I know that there's somebody being like they need, we need somebody to like push this towards what maybe Nick would like and I'm always like no that's wrong but, but <laughs> yeah, yeah I have absolutely picked up a lot of I couldn't brew a beer if you just put me in front of a kit with all the stuff I probably would mess it up <laughs> But oh, well, then it's all, all three of us should do a collaboration. It all comes. <laughs> it all comes from uh, from James James Ryans, who now is at Harbour. And back in the day, I think I did one day of packaging where I was filling bottles with the system system. And after that day, he's like, Nick can just he can just stick to the artwork from now on. He doesn't. We don't need him in the packaging anymore. <laughs> he made such a bad job of it. He made sure he never. Had I think to I'm one of the again. only people here who's not because yeah. every member of staff does a brew day when they start here, and I'm probably the only person who hasn't done that. And have they? encouraged you to do it yet no they've <laughs> <laughs> gone no it's, it's, it's okay I think they've heard you then <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, no. your yeah. reputation has preceded but, you but yeah look, it's, the, it's important to have a, I mean to bring it back to kind of professional stuff it's like important to have an awareness of what's going on oh definitely the brewing and stuff like that and it must, it must uh, again it must help the whole enjoyment of the experience that you're, you're having here I just I'll stand here and it's getting to that weather now where it's like you know blazing hot outside and there's someone inside what is essentially a kettle with a <laughs> spade digging out the mash and I'm like I'm really glad I'm not here right like, just drenched in sweat yeah. normally topless you know just like trying to like get yeah it's just oh. but yeah no I, I would like to brew a beer one day but I always end up kind of like making up these crazy recipes with some of the guys that are here and yeah coming up with weird ideas that just never work well, maybe, maybe they could just brew your recipe for you yeah. Well, then they brew the recipe for you, and they do the artwork for you. I think it'd be yeah. That's a good switch. The old switch route. Can't, trading, I, I'll trading, get the impression that Nick's places. never going to let. Yeah, that Nick's happen. not going to let it happen. <laughs> hey, I'm not that precious about it. But no, yeah, like a trading places sort of scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All right. So just just coming back to to the, the beer and the patrons project. Obviously, we're saying that you know it's a series of collaborations that Northern Monk do with different um, industries that that are in and around with Leeds and different creative people as yeah. well. To, to de- design the labels. Um, I mean, it's very much a case of what we're seeing now is we're seeing two creative worlds coming together, aren't we? So we're seeing the, the, the world of art and design very much coming closer to the world of, 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 of beer in, in, in oh, terms definitely. Of, of, of the output. Definitely. I mean, this is a very different type of artwork to both the Beaver Town and the LHG, though, from this particular Northern Month. Is the use of the silver as well. Sorry. The, the substrate oh, of the label, just, so the silver yeah. Through there, yeah. just caught the light on that. Yeah, it's when it when it catches yeah. it, it shines. Using it's a, big, the, a, using big one, a big one for us as well, like yeah. making sure that we, we yeah, utilise the fact that there is underneath all our labels some silver that can just be left bare. Left 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 alone. Because yeah. normally the patrons product is of four forties, isn't it? But they are, but like I say this was this, this was a rebrew of the original yeah. one. For some reason they decided to put it into two thirties. I, I I don't know I why. Mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Going back to the whole, would I? I wouldn't pick this can up because of the art, though. There's, there's not. Uh, you have to really find the information, don't you? Well, it's I'm not that I say. It's just that I just don't know the art. It's not appealing to you. Photography yeah. is really hard when it comes to uh, 
things and I think that's great personally actually so I, I disagree with you I think that's a really really good label and I definitely wouldn't pick that up uh, if I was looking for something artwork yeah. it's really unique the mixture of the fact that there's I always see I need to learn what it's called but there is this um, the, the Japanese art of repairing pottery using metal so you end up with these kind of cracks through it oh okay and somebody uh, one of your listeners would probably know I'm sure, the, uh, I'm sure someone will yeah, I can guarantee you I'm always yeah. a huge fan like Mike Van Hall who does the steel water art he did a, a whole a whole can kind of based on that which is one of the best the coolest imperial stout cans ever it's just like really amazing but yeah so I, so I think that's really cool and photography is really hard you know what's who's been knocking out the park is Pressure Drop with Sienna uh, who works in there I want to say social media but I think she's just the marketing in general but she's been doing the photography for the labels and it's been amazing it's just yeah it's really cool that, and that, that's again that seems to have stepped up in, in relation to them going into 440 mil cans I mean they're killing it I mean they're our neighbours I have a lot of bias because I really like those guys yeah. and they're fantastic but I just think that like their their juice beers are my favourite juice beers because they're never too much of anything and they're never lacking I'm just having a bit of a fanboy moment about pressure mm. drop but they're no, just carry yeah, on. Killer. yeah they're just yeah. Killer, killer pale fire they did, and they had a black IPA they released with burnt, uh, burnt uh, orange zest that was just insane. It was like smoky and just like knockout. Oh, I can see yeah. how burnt orange zest would really work in the black IPA. Yeah, yeah, I was just thinking the Tiger same thing. Tiger tail. Yeah. Are they open now? They pop over here. <laughs> can, we, can we go and raise them? <laughs> <laughs> they won't notice. Yeah. Um, so, so in terms of the, the whole, where you're taking the, the, the designs and that, obviously recently... Uh, there's been quite a big step for Beaver Town in, in terms of the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and yeah. you guys opening up uh, a microbrewery and a bar in there. Now, by all accounts, from what I've, I've seen, the, the bar was all down to you in, in terms of it was it's your... The facade, yeah, but what you have to remember is that like I came to them with an idea and I said I really like it like this and then the people went away and spent like probably weeks and weeks developing drawings and say, and then came back and went is this what you expected and I said yes but my my part of that is very small compared to it but then like I said I get to take the glory for it yeah. because it's, it it's must have been art. amazing to but it is, come yeah, to like life not, not, not saying that it doesn't yeah. feel like the best feeling in the world when you're sitting in there with a what we call the beer god uh, the big neon that basically um, yeah yeah there's yeah, there's nice pictures of the yeah, so, so I mean, the, brewery, the brewery itself like even even the uh the uh, the grist store where they where they, they do all the kind of the, the barley I think I think it's because um, I knew about flower bombs before I knew about breweries which is where you can have like a candle in a tin box with some flour on the ground of the box and if you have a pipe into the box and you blow into the box when the flour is airborne it becomes explosive because it's got the space between it to mix together didn't know that and that's something that is a possibility with when you have grain and you have your own silos and stuff is that they can create the dust oh, okay. and that can be flammable so you always need like a room to contain it mm. and that room that basically is maybe a quarter of the size of this room we're in now is just fully decked out in like the most like fluoro neon skulls and it's like a small disco toilet <laughs> um, do not come here if you're athletic <laughs> but it's yeah it's kind of like yeah, and I just remember forgetting that I suggested that was what we should I sent in the file and said maybe we should use this and forgotten about it and they just did it and it just I remember going in there but yeah the whole, the whole thing is absolutely mind blowing there'll be people again it's just you know people walking in and out and seeing it and we created a team of people from here to do that like to brew on it there's like Valeria who is now running that whole show basically and she um, 
yeah, the, 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 the beers are coming out of it. Like we're, we're developing a beer for the stadium at the moment. Um, that will be kind of a yeah, like a, a Tottenham Hotspur beer for there. That maybe will go further afield afterwards. But still, like all that, all that stuff is just it's just the whole project. Everybody involved, everybody doing it. It's just it's just crazy. I mean, don't get me wrong. If this is uh, no, I like how football can develop, just the way forward. We're having having thing, access to decent yeah. beer and watching football. No, but I think it just as a as a consumer, the fact that you can go to. A, I mean, I have I, I no shape or form. I'm a Spurs fan, and definitely on June the first, I'm not one either. But to go to a stadium and see that kind of kit yeah. inside a football arena would be quite cool. But I presume the Spurs must be planning. It's pretty or, groundbreaking, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, they must be planning to do brewery to, uh, like tours of the stadium, including it the brewery. A brewery tour, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's good. It's it's laid out for that for sure. Like I've been in, obviously, just to check it out and like yeah. see see all the stuff in action. But it's it's laid out in a way that's that you can do that as well. So it becomes part of the yeah they, yeah. Like I'm, I'm still I still owe them an illustration of how brewing works for the for the wall. And yeah, I remember, just remember I need to do that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like the, yeah. Who's going to do it tonight? Scotland's <laughs> brewing. Yeah, basically. Not after these bits. <laughs> no, maybe not. Um, well, we've almost finished this one. As well. Yeah, we we have. I mean, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed the. Bit, bit of that, that just bit of a break in the in, in the lighter beers is, yeah, is, yeah. is, is always good having, having a bit of wasn't coffee getting beer. To, wasn't getting so much coffee a bit though just there was just enough there yeah. for me I, th- I think what we're seeing though is we, we, we're seeing more of this beer going into other areas so we've we've obviously now got beer in the, in, in, in the Spurs stadium and we, we spoke about beer and art and we're, we, what we're also seeing is the art world embracing beer yeah. as, yeah, as, yeah, as well sure. and obviously the, the, the Tate have been doing um, regular monthly takeovers. Yeah, so last Thursday of the month, tap takeovers with yeah. a variety of different breweries. Yeah, aren't they? Uh, and we were lucky enough recently to chat to Andrew from from the Tate, which you can uh, listen to now. Hello, Andrew. Thank you very much for joining us. It's a pleasure uh, from, the, from the Tate Modern. Um, perhaps you'd like to give us a little bit of an idea about who you are and what you do here. Okay, so. Um, I'm Andrew Downs, I'm the Ops Director here for Tate's, Tate Catering, Tate Eats, and I look after all the food and beverage uh, that we serve in all the galleries nationwide. So I have Tate Modern where we are tonight, on Level 9, looking over the river. It's uh, a wonderful view, by the way. It's amazing, it's very nice, yeah. It's very nice, very special. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very special time to be here, guys. Um, and then uh, Tate Britain, and then we have an operation in Tate Liverpool and Tate St Ives. Uh, which is nice in the summer if you could ever get down. Um, and then we have an operation in Cambridge at the Fitzwilliam Museum. Um, so I look after all the food and beverage operations in all the galleries. Um, we've got about probably 30 outlets across the group. Um, and I'm also lucky enough to look after or to curate the beer um, and spirits and, and wines and things we do here at Tate. Well, that's interesting because we're here about the beer. Great. Excellent. So, I mean, <laughs> obviously, the, I mean, the Tate model has always had quite a decent uh, list of beers anyway, especially the one in London, uh, yep. over, over, over the contempt. Yep. But it's expanded. Yes. And now you started to have tap takeovers. How yes. did that come about? Um, we got draft beer. <laughs> uh, essentially, we had taps. Uh, so when the taps arrived, we could really kind of explore um, more, um, more options with beer. Um, it's given us the... The, uh, the ability to, to sell a lot of draft beer in all of our outlets um, and, and to, to start a concept, the tap takeover concept here at Tate, uh, Tate Modern, um, which has been brilliant. So how do you choose which breweries that come in? Because, I mean, there's a multitude of breweries you could choose. So I follow, <laughs> I'm a craft beer advocate. I absolutely love beer. It's one of my hobbies, one of my passions. 
Um, I've done the Cesarone, I've done the Beer Academy stuff, it's, I drink a lot of beer, um, it excites me, the whole industry excites me, I love brewing, I'm a keen home brewer. Um, so I, I follow the breweries in, in, on social media, I obviously get samples and being a tape people um, recommend things to me, um, I work closely with our suppliers and distributors. Um, I order a lot of beer direct from the breweries um, and have a great relationship with them all. So um, how do I select them? I think they have to be brewing something that's quite current, something that's quite innovative um, and something that's delicious across all the styles. Um, and I also like the kind of the art element that's brought into can design um, and, and the brand and, and strong brands um, that exist within craft brewing. So do you start with the beer or the artwork? The beer's got to be the beer's got to be up to up to up to scratch first. Okay. Yeah, you need you need to tick that box. Yeah, no, I, uh, I mean, absolutely. I think we completely agree with that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Beer first, artwork second. But yeah. there are some fantastic um, examples of artwork, especially on cans now. Indeed, indeed. So, is there any standouts for you? Uh, there, there are so many. Depending on, there are so many talented illustrators. There's so many talented artists behind behind um, breweries at the moment. Um, I really love Left Hand Giant at the moment. Um, I love Richard Norgate from Magic Rock. He was one of our original kind of huge tap takeover in our kind of inaugural year. He did some great things with animation and, and the work he does. Um, yeah, it, it, there's, there's a lot to choose from. Um, and there's a lot of great stuff I like. Um, I love I love the Wild brand as a, as a straight up brand. Um, I love the stuff that Daya do. Um, I love the stuff that Wylam do. There's North, there's Northern Monk. There's so many, there's so many great illustrators um, and so many great brands behind craft beer at the moment. It's difficult to say uh, which is my personal favourite. Oh, but they're, but they're all good. Must make it quite difficult to choose then because <clears throat> those breweries you've mentioned, there's some yeah. great beers and some great artwork. Yeah. To and they're do, marrying perfectly, aren't yeah. they, at the moment? Yeah. Yeah. And to do one ta take every month. It, 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 it is difficult. It is difficult, and I feel bad. I would, I would, I would love to do more. Um, <laughs> and there are so many great breweries who are making exquisite beer and have exquisite branding and art behind them. It, it's difficult to choose. I try to be fair, and I try to bring everyone round in a, in a rotation. So um, I try to spread the love um, as far as I can. Okay. So what you? Sorry, Steve. No, I was just going to say it's, it's interesting because I mean you mentioned there about the number of talented artists working for breweries. Yes. And and we're seeing that increasingly that breweries are taking on artists as part of their core staff yeah, yeah. To, to ensure that they've got consistency across yeah. the, the, their brand. Yeah, yeah. As, as, a, as a beer fan, yeah. how important is that to you to, to, to look at a brand and say, I can instantly recognise that brand yeah. simply by what's on the can? Yeah, it, it is, yeah there, there's, there's that, certainly. But what I find is that it brings another dimension to the product, and that's why we started the Tap Take of a series here at Tate, because... I think the more you can immerse yourself <clears throat> in that in that in that product or that brand or that that brewery, the more you get out of it. I, I mean, we've done some phenomenal things um, that are way beyond just beer. It's you know, there's a lot of stuff going on, like you said, with the illustrations. If you can learn about the artists and you pick up um, so much detail about the culture of the, the company, and I love that, absolutely love that, and it gives gives everyone a, you know, a much more immersive experience when they come to take because they can have great beer 
great craft beer because it's a prerequisite. They can get into the art. There's people you can talk about hops, you can talk about the malt and the water and all the all the kind of beer geekery stuff. But then you can also listen to the music they like, and you can listen and you can you can watch people like Nick Dyer do live drawing, um, and you can really ask them questions and get in. There's so much more behind the beer that you can get into, and I love the immersiveness of that, and that's what very much Tate is about as well. It's about providing a really creative, innovative. Um, immersive experience. I was going to say, Tate Building is an immersive experience yeah, in yes. itself, isn't it? Yeah. It's about the outside in and the inside out, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. It's about challenging your thoughts, about what you perceive as good and bad in art. It's about enjoying the experience of beautiful buildings that are architecturally um, amazing. Um, and it's about your day out and your experience. It's brilliant. So is, is it fair to say that it's <clears throat> therefore, in, in terms of what you're putting on here, particularly with the events and yeah. um, that, is it? It's about more than just the beer? About more than the beer. It's about that whole thing. It's about getting into that whole kind of, you know, that whole brand culture, the brewing culture of those, of those, of those breweries. It's, I, I am lucky enough to I do collab brews with all of the breweries I've mentioned, um, and I, I work with them quite closely. So I, I get to feel and see the breweries. I go to the brew houses. I meet the designers. I meet the sales guys. I meet, you know, the brewers. And it's an, it's an amazing experience. I would like... Everyone to have that experience. Everyone you must loves really beer. hate your job. Yeah, I do. So you must really struggle to get up on It's only a small part of what I do. But yeah, it's, but it's the part I enjoy the most. Yeah. I mean, just uh, I mean, for the benefit of the listeners, this guy is smiling all the way through. This <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I think this takes us into a couple, we have a couple of questions from our listeners, don't we? So, um, James Barron at Gemma Barron. Could, could you ever perceive a time when beer label artwork could be hung in a prestigious gallery? Yes, it is. Um, we, we, we hang it here. You've seen tonight that you've got live drawing going on downstairs. There is art in our bar that's being produced by the artist from Thornbridge. Um, and it's quite something to see. And, and we, we did um, like a, a, seven, a seven brewery event with the Pig's Ears Beers uh, late last year. And we had commit. We commissioned artists to do cans for that particular event, um, and they were on display at Tate in the bar. Not quite on the walls yet, I must say, because okay. there's, so, so there's, there's a the fine bar. line between yeah, curatorship. Yeah. But it, it's you are in the institution, and, and it's and it's because it's related to the beer. Yeah. It's the right place for it. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I mean, it's, it's only one step away. It's a, it's a wall away from being. But I want to say what I will say about art on cans. It's like. It's the new tangible thing, right? You don't have CD covers anymore. You don't have album covers as much. You don't have the DVD cases. It's it's that way of expressing that art in a tangible format, and it's a great format. Yeah, which goes back to the whole independent indie label oh, yeah, craft, yeah, exactly, yeah. mate. Exactly. Um, and what you know, come up for a final question. Um, have you guys ever thought? You know, when you're doing these tap takers, have you ever thought about matching beer with art? And this was from Paul at UNRCD. I would love to. Uh, there's, I have an idea about a, a restaurant we have at, um, at Tate Britain called the Rex Whistler, and the, the mural, it's, a, it's a, a full wrap mural by a guy called Rex Whistler, he did it in the 1920s, and it's about the pursuit of rare meats. Um, and I would love to get into that room with some beer and meat matching, some beer that represents the eye on the walls. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, we could, you know, find some unicorns. The, the two and magic kill. words. We could, yeah, we could barbecue. We, <laughs> we could barbecue a unicorn and see how that turned out, make a beer for that. Um, but absolutely, I think that's, a, that's an amazing concept I'd love to do. But I will say we do a lot of club brews and our brews are based on art. So we're just, we're about, we're 
new news. We're about to launch a beer with Siren. Um, we've made a Van Gogh beer, um, and it's it's inspired by Starry Night. Um, oh, that's the um, picture they're using. Yeah, Sorry, I can, Doctor I can, Who. I can actually yeah. see that one, yeah. yeah. In, so, in, I've got a t-shirt. Exactly. It, it's brilliant. So um, the, the, we've worked with Siren on that, and it's a, it's a beer to celebrate the Van Gogh e- exhibition. Um, and it's a, it's a kind of milkshake, a bit of lactose IPA. Um, it's got a bit of cypress wood in it, which featured a lot in Van Gogh's artwork and represented him. It was kind of the way he represented himself in the art. Um, so we've made this kind of, you know, this. Uh, it's got a bit of lactose, a bit of cypress wood, but it's this beautifully balanced IPA, 5.5%. It's got a beautiful kind of siren label uh, on the bottle, but it's also taken a contemporary twist in terms of being inspired by that particular painting. Um, and we've done, I've just, just was telling him up before we met, and I think we've done about 20 collab brews um, in the last six years that have all been inspired by art. So. To, to answer that question, we yeah. are absolutely doing that. The answer and is yes. <laughs> yes, the answer is yes. Um, we are, we, we're, not, we're not doing events so much, but we're certainly doing collab brews that are inspired by art. And that's, that's a particular, I enjoy that particular avenue of my job because it does get me out to the breweries and it does get us collaborating and being quite creative. So, so, so looking forward, um, obviously in the next couple of months we know you've got yep. Eve Town Takeover yep. Yep. Coming, coming up here, yep. which is... An exciting event. We're, we're, yep. we're certainly coming back. back yeah, that. sorry, you'll see us again. Yeah. That's fine. Well, um, I'll get your stools ready. Do, do you know what's coming in past that? Can, can you reveal what, what, what's I, coming in the future? Can I reveal? We're, do, we're doing Anzac Day uh, in April. So we've got three Kiwi uh, and three Aussie breweries over. Probably get the guys from Bogan Bingo to do a play, playlist, which will be quite good if you want to explore some Antipodean beers. Um, and then July, we're with Siren. Um, and we're going to be talking about the upcoming rebranding and then obviously celebrating the Van Gogh beer. Um, we've got Creative Arts in, um, in, in June, coming over from Canada. Uh, and then obviously May, we, we have Beaver Town. Yeah. Uh, and beyond that, I'll keep the autumn program a secret. Oh, uh, okay. You'll have to come back and we can talk about, we can talk about that over lunch. Okay. And some Van Gogh beer. That's fine. I'm, yeah. I'm only 10 minutes walk away, to be honest. <laughs> and, and let us know, and we can obviously let our listeners know what's coming up. And I, yeah, definitely. I would can, love all your listeners to get involved in this. Because it's is, well uh, worth coming to yeah, this building anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much for that. It's been a pleasure, it's been guys. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. That was great to listen to Andrew there, they're talking about the, the Tate's approach to beer. And how much and was he into his craft beer? Oh, the man loves it. That, he that, was so excited we were talking about and, and also thanks for showing us around the Tate as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah some good views from the 9th and 10th yeah, floor of the Tate. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to a lot more of those events. I know they've got a few more coming up. Um, Nick, I know you're there this week. I think the show goes out on the same day that yeah. you're there. But it's as you say, it's the last Thursday of every month. Usually the last Thursday, but this one was brought forward for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. But usually we'll, it's the last Thursday. We'll, we'll put a link in the show notes to where you can find yeah. out about the, the, the future events. Next beer, then we've got. Uh, this is from uh, Magic Rock. It's a collaboration with Bagby from the, the the states, and this is called. Is it California Shear? Yeah, I think that's how you say it. I, I, I think so. Yeah. So this is a West Coast. So Yorkshire in California, right? That's I, I, I think sure so, that's... yeah, because I think um, the ingredients are a mixture of UK and US ingredients. So I think they've used a, a mixture of UK and US yeasts, a mixture of UK and US hops as, as, as well to really bring together uh, a true collaboration of, of, of a beer. West Coast Yorkshire mashup. Yes. Okay, that's fine. Let's, let's give it a go. Cheers. Tastes like a lager. 
It's really interesting. I think it works. It works well, but it's bizarre. It smells like uh, smells like an English bitter for me. It smells like an, it tastes like an agar. It's like a slightly bready pilsner. Mm. I wasn't expecting that. Yep. Now, obviously, we couldn't do a show about artwork without talking about Magic Rock, really, could we? And this no. was a, a, another, yeah. a, another suggest, a suggestion from our listeners in terms of who we should be featuring in this show. So, um, all of Magic Rock's artwork done by Rich Norgate, Correct, who yeah. I believe is now much the same as yourself, full-time employed by the... That the brewery did all of their design. We yeah, I think that when I was a bit of an experiment for Logan, having somebody on full time stuff, Rich asked him how it was going, and I assumed that he said it was going okay because then all of a sudden Rich was like, hey, so they've asked me to do what you do. Um, Rich seems to have a lot more of a social life than I do, and he does kind of <laughs> a lot of, a lot of, a lot of cycling. Um, I know he's got an adorable little little kid now um, and stuff as well, so I think he's yeah, but he's he. Um, I think this might be completely made up in my head, but I'm pretty sure that he did the Arctic Monkeys album cover for their second album. Oh, really? The one where it's the uh, looking through the window of yeah. the flat and it's like colourful wall. I can't remember, but I think I, mean, I might have to double check that. But I'm pretty sure that's what he did. But anyway, he's a really lovely bloke, and we we in the kind of spirit of beer sort of thing, we share a lot of information and, and suppliers and stuff like that. The other day, he was talking about how. You know, the, the, there are some there are some labels from garments that he's having trouble getting hold of, and could I help him out with that? And so I'm trying to mm. sort that out for him. But yeah, he's he's fantastic, and I, I don't I don't hold back from saying that the reason that we get on so well artistically is because we have such different styles and are in no way competing. Oh, this um, I mean, not just this one can which we're looking at right now, but Magic Rock and Beavertown cans are they couldn't be further apart. But no. it worked really well for us to kind of like develop a very distant online friendship via yeah. emails and stuff we met a couple of times not not very much at all really but um, yeah I think this and this can specifically is great because obviously look you can see the collab stuff coming through because that's not rich rich doesn't use spatters and stuff he uses very clean lines mm. no idea what that word just meant spatters like paint spatters oh splat literally splatter like spatters okay, yeah, yeah. Like the way that this is through here so I'm assuming I never I can't picture any of Bagby's beer labels but I'm pretty sure that that would be Bagby's and then the fact that it kind of as you turn it around becomes quite clean would be him because he's shapes he's very much yeah. a shapes guy and, and we've recently seen that with the collab that they've done with Thornbridge yeah. the, the, the Yolanda y- 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 that's y- in Tesco that is, is literally if you look at the can and cut it down the middle half of it is the new Thornbridge yeah, design yeah, yeah, and the it's other half example. is all magic rock it's all the shapes and the circles Ford that was really clever actually yeah, yeah I, I, when, literally when I picked it out of the, the fridge I noticed it and I was like oh hang on a minute the two sides of the can are different. Half and half. And then I was like, oh, that's really yeah. good. Yeah, that was really, really impressive. Really clever. Yeah. Um, I mean, Magic Rock have got branding that just stands out on, on, on the shelves. Oh, yeah? It's, yeah, it's phenomenal. Like, it, And it's so recognisable. And we're in the same boat on that. Like, and we both get kind of the same the same accolades in that way that it's very much like that's definitely a Beaver Tank can. That's definitely a Magic Rock can. It's and they've done the similar sort of thing. They've had that sort of. Uh, Rebranding where they brought things back in back yeah. together again, and I think that's probably uh, I think that's the best rebrand a brewery has done uh, ever, probably actually, because I think that, that that is so unique what he's done. Because you can be a pattern artist and you can be a shaped artist and all that kind of stuff, but that is just yeah, just it works so well, and you would not mistake it for anything else. Yeah. It's no, that's true because I mean I can picture Cannibal as it was and Cannibal as it is now, and it's still just Cannibal. 
Not that the old artwork wasn't wasn't cool because it was yeah. so, it was brilliant. Like, I, I, I the still thematic, miss the, little guys. the themes, yeah, the themes really that ran through yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, they still are in there though. Like a lot of them still yeah. have the kind of guys cropping up. It's like um, it's a bit like Mr. Scruff's artwork actually a little bit with the kind of guys and the kind of figures and stuff. But yeah, that's something. But yeah, like I think he, yeah, I think it's I think it's fantastic, and I am very biased in the fact that I think Rich is lovely as well. So. Hmm. Oh, so it's collaboration in art, the same as collaboration in beer. So, do, do, so are we ever looking forward to the uh, the day of a beer town and magic rock collaboration? Well, I, so, I think we saw one in the past, but it's been it was it was uh, almost it, a bit muddled by the fact three that there was a third. creative directors. No, there was a I third. Know. There was a third person in the collab, but I can't oh, remember okay. what, what what. There was something we did. I'm pretty sure anyway. Oh no, rule of thirds. So it was the. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Siren. Yeah, so Siren, yeah. yeah. So, so it was just chopped up artwork. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, was, it wasn't particularly collaborative. It was just, you know. Yeah. Was, yeah, uh, we need collaborative. That's what we need. That's, that's it, yeah. So, so just while we're talking about the artwork, obviously, we, we did ask our listeners in terms of who, who they thought did artwork well. Yeah. And, and that's very much how we kind of went about sourcing the beers for, for, for this evening. So obviously, with the, the top five responses that, that, that we got were Northern Monk, uh, and, and in particular the patrons, patrons. Ob- beer, I mean, the patrons were the yeah. obvious choice uh, Magic Rock Left Handed Giant obviously Beaver Town which, which was one that came up time and time again uh, and a beer that we'll come on to in a while quite new to the scene as well which are Wonder Beyond yeah uh, absolutely we, some, some, some great stuff as well so um, uh, the artist from Wonder Beyond who I'm, I'm sorry but I've completely forgotten her name but she was really keen to do something for these Sins beers and they, they had a really thematic thing running through them so it didn't particularly collaborate but she changed their logo to be the the sin which is great yeah and so I'd like to work with them again in the future if it, if it comes excellent. up excellent um, but interestingly as people fed back we had over 42 different breweries from UK Ireland and Europe mentioned in, in terms of who's doing artwork well see I'm curious you know when you say Europe so we take out UK and Ireland which I definitely see the whole can thing going on but is canned thing as big on, on the continent? It's, I don't think here? it was just cans. It was just we're artwork, about artwork in general. In general. So, so we're talking uh, about bottles th- as well. There were quite a lot of a lot of people said Tool. Yeah, a few people said Mikella as, as well in terms in terms of the artwork. Yeah. That, These are, if, that, the, that if, you, if you were leading up to asking who my favourites were, you're just listing them now. Okay. So yeah, and they're people who I know I work with. So yeah. So so those are sort of people that have, have inspired you to do what you do. Yeah, massively. So like if you look at what Keith's done with Michaela, it's something that I think is uh, just just what what he's managed to do. Somebody who I'd never met, but I've spoken to a fair amount. We've seen each other beer before. But the um, what he's managed to do with Michaela is like create so some recognisable characters, Henry and Sally, that are on all the beers and they're on all the branding, they're on everything. He's in stadiums and stuff like in America, and um, I just think it's it's just it's so consistent and so great and so unique. That's a real style, mm. you know. It's not something that you can emulate easily at all. Uh, same with Casper, who does all the tool artwork. Casper is like, almost like the most conceptual person I know. Like everything has a reason, but you would never, you never guess it. Like you'd never be able to be like, oh, so you, you, like my favorite one is like a really, it's almost like some gnomes in headlights. Like they're kind of like almost like you found them in the middle of the road. There's yeah. another one that's like a, a cinema that he's taken obviously from pitch black a pitch black photograph of, of the chairs leading up in a cinema but just because it's a flash you only see the first kind of few rows and yeah. descends into darkness I can't remember any of these beers though just the artwork just really really stuck with me and they just everything obviously he can tell you all about them and why and all this kind of stuff but you, you just have to kind of think about them and look at them and yeah they're, they're really cool they're really really cool 
That's interesting, isn't it? I, well, I never knew the McKellar characters had names. No. For, for, for starters, so that's that's a learning curve for me too. It's more personal. But yeah, abs- absolutely. Hello, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are you thinking of the beer? I really like this, by the way. I, I like it. This is really cool. I'm not sure it's a West Coast parallel. I've got to say, I feel like the term West Coast is being thrown around a little bit too much these days. Uh, on this beer, definitely. I think it's really Moorish. I mean, it's, it's absolutely drinkable. Yeah. But I, that, I've had this before. I've, I would I've associate... had to myself before and I thoroughly enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, but I would, I would associate Moorish with an English bitter. 4.7% rather than in a West Coast palette. Yeah. The West Coast beer brings the, the whole thing about the hot fruit character to the fore for me. It's not mixed with yeast, it's just West Yorkshire Ale yeast. But, so it's, called, makes sense, but yeah. it's called itself a West Coast Pale Ale. I think it's the West Coast bit. Mm. Maybe it's but West, it could be, West yeah, Yorkshire. Yeah, it could be West Yorkshire. Yeah. Goes. The West Coast of Yorkshire. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not avoiding dicking on this beer because I like Rich. I'm avoiding dicking on it because I like it. No, I do like <laughs> it. I just think it's not quite what it says on the tin. No, but it's enjoyable enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, very, no, no, I mean, nice. you know, at 4.7%, you definitely have a couple of these, can't you? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, well, over two hours into the show, we, we should probably get into. Oh, we really two hours into. <laughs> yeah, we should probably get into Crap, this week's question, back. really, shouldn't we? Opinions, 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 opinions. Which was um, does artwork influence your purchasing or your rating of beer? Um, so we had eight hundred and eighteen votes on this. This was one. This was a poll from a while back, actually. Uh, yes, 69% of people went for yes. Uh, no, only 31% of people said it, it has no influence whatsoever. Um, now, excuse us if we do rattle through these. I'm going to stop you. Okay. Because last time we didn't give our opinion. Uh, no, we didn't. So I'm going to ask you right here, right now, if you had had to vote, and you don't, because it's your own poll, Okay. does it influence you? Uh, it, no. It, it, it doesn't. It doesn't influence my purchasing a beer, and it doesn't influence my rating a beer. Right. Neither. It doesn't me either. So we're aligned on that. So I'm quite surprised that only 31% of people because said no. Because the bit which would have, uh, and I have got a can of this at home myself. The bit which would have got me on this one would have been the bit saying California, and the bit which said West Coast. Yeah. The bit in between would not have influenced my purchase. No. Well, Just thought I put it out there so that we've I've, we've done our bit this time. Yeah, yeah. No, last no, time we were rubbish. That, we that, is, that, that is a good point that we, we didn't actually answer ourselves. So sorry about that last yeah. time. Um, what, what about yourself, Nick? When, when you're when you're buying beer, what's what, are you looking at other artwork and saying, "Well, I'm going to buy that beer based on the artwork," or are you looking at it and saying, "Well, no, actually, I just want to buy a beer to drink, so I'm going on the style." I do often buy beers that I think look really cool because they look really cool, but I don't have a lot of expectations about them because I think I'm too involved in beer to be unaware of it. Because you no, know, I don't really, I don't really search out like tiny, tiny breweries. I'm normally in like bottle shops and stuff. So I guess that's kind of a cop out answer. I'm sorry, but like the, um, yeah, like I, if something looks really cool, I'll be definitely be really, really fascinated by it. Like a huge shout out to, to Alec Doherty who does the partisan artwork and is still doing the partisan artwork after all these years uh, and is an, another lovely person because they're always really eye-catching and I always forget what it is because I'm always just like, oh my God, oh yeah. They are quite striking, aren't they? Yeah, the part partisan, they're quite striking. I have a huge portrait of his yeah. in my living room. Yeah. Um, but yeah so, yeah, so yes, absolutely, I will pick up something that looks really striking and amazing. Um, especially if it's like a, a unique way of doing it. So like Carl Grandin from Omnipolo, for example, the screen printed bottles 
always pick them up and give them a stroke because of the, the way it feels and stuff mm. but yeah like the uh, yeah it, it, it does influence what I'm buying but only because it looks cool and I want to support it as opposed to it might taste good yeah Okay. Let's, let, let's see what some of our listeners said then. So first up, we had a uh, from the Yeasty Boys at Yeasty Boys just posted a picture of a quote which said, "Between two products equal in price, function, and quality, the one with the most attractive exterior will win." Will win, and that was a quote from Raymond Lowey, a designer. I've got nothing to add to that. I've, I've got nothing to add to that, but it's a good point. Yeah. Um, next up from <laughs> you, you, you're happy about that yeah. <laughs> Chris Elston at Elston's Beer Blog I was talking to someone the other day about Beavertown artwork and they said it would be it would put them off of buying the beer and they'd prefer to buy something with a more conservative label I thought that was a bit short sighted but each to their own um, how do you feel about that Nick? what a dick ok <laughs> fair enough moving on no I'm not no, 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 no. no I, I get that but it's my whole argument from earlier like you know if it, it, I think that the whole kind of like it has to be as good as what's inside it works both ways and you can be cynical rightly so that what are they trying to hide if they're making it so bells and whistles design wise there might be something about it that isn't good if they I don't know if that makes sense I hope that makes sense yeah yeah, you might be covering up for crap something if you're making it so bright and visual so yeah I, yeah. I understand I think that's perfectly reasonable uh, Jamie H at Merchant of Shite I'm far more, far more likely to pick up uh, a beer if it looks good to be a, to be fair anything that looks too traditional is very easily ignored Arundel's new design style was consi- coincided with a real uptick in the quality of their beers maybe that's just my brain informing my taste buds but it's all good um, that one. well uh, guy at work who does the, you know the homebrews I get sometimes yeah. from work he went to Ar- Arundel and brought back some of their beers and yes they're still quite traditional but they had definitely gone a bit more modern on their design work. On their design. So I can see yeah. where he's coming from on that. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Fox at Foxatronic82 definitely has an influence on a crowded shelf. I'm more likely to become an interesting looking can or bottle and have a closer look. He said interesting rather than In- just interesting, yeah. looking good. So so something that maybe stands out yeah. a little from the crowd. So that's, that's a slightly different tilt on it, isn't it? Yeah. Rather than yeah. just saying it's great artwork, it's interesting as well. Which is a nice segue into the next beer, actually. Yes. Because I, I'm not sure there's anyone doing anything like these guys at the moment. And I remember her name, it's Tina. Well done. He's been, <laughs> Nick's been trying to remember the name for a while here. Yeah. So and we have uh, yeah. Nautiloid, yeah. which I think was featured on... River and Bruce. River and Bruce, wasn't it? As well, when they yeah. were recording their podcast where they couldn't taste or smell anything. Yeah, that, that was the one. So maybe their views it's on where this... where they were ill and made sense. Maybe, yeah. Best best show ever. Yeah. For, they should, be, they should be ill they should be all the once time. a month. Yeah. But not when they recorded us. So this is, uh, again, from Wonder Beyond, another Imperial Milkshake IPA. Which uh, Wonder Beyond quite like doing. But this is, um, what is it, it's orange and... Well, I'm guessing it's orange just because the amount of orange on the label. Yeah. Um, so, which is, yeah, which is Imperial a... Milkshake IPA with on, orange and mandarin. And, and orange um, milkshake. Jesus, I can smell it from here. And it's uh, 12%. Yeah. Um, but it's vegetarian friendly. <laughs> well, that's that's, that's alright then. There's a little bit left in the can. So, no lactose? Lactose? Uh, uh, no, there is. Uh, allergens, barley, oats, wheat, lactose. Oh, not vegans, so they're yeah, vegetarian. Okay. So it's presumably why they said vegetarian for the. Yeah. Okay, well, cheers. Let's see what this cheers. is like. Cheers. I used to lap these up uh, a lot, but I kind of went off them. Milkshake IPAs. So. You can smell the 
It has got that milkshake. You can smell the lactose. Yeah. 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 That does exactly what it says in the tin. Actually, that's really, really good, that flavour. That, There's a lot to that's it. That's amazing. And the candied also. oranges. Yeah. And, and then oh, you get this... Yes. Candied oranges. But then you just get this massive hint of orange at the end. It's just right there. Oh. It just comes smashing through. Blimey. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of... Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a big old beer. That's that a quality beer. I'm going to pick that up. It's a big old beer in as much as flavour and aroma, but not in... You're not, there's no alcohol burn. No, n- none whatsoever. None there's, whatsoever. There's that's, nothing that's what they're really good at. Yeah, no. As well. They're really hiding there. So, just just while we're here, obviously Wonder Beyond of probably less than... just Well, just over a year old now. Come blasting onto the scene with some really flavoursome beers using lots of really good, big, bold flavours in their beers. A lot of beers of theirs have been double figures yeah. as, as well, but also their cans have been absolutely striking in, in terms yeah. of what they've, what they've produced. Um, I mean, this can itself does smack the orange, but it's like orange with a squid. squid. Yeah, it's really cool, I like that a lot. It's really nice, it's like the body of the, the, uh, the squid is the orange, which I think is really fab. And then the lime works really nice as well. It's, just, it's a really nice illustration. It's really pleasing. And, and all of their beers have got their little hot creatures on them yeah, yeah. As, as, as well. So doing, what doing we, we said, so Tina and I did talk about getting these onto that can in there, but we yeah, yeah decided. Just, I kind of took a really serious executive decision and yeah, said no, we're going to keep them nice and clean. But I wish, yeah, hopefully we can do something again. Oh, maybe maybe you could do like a bony version of the hot monster. Yeah. What what would a hot look like if it was if it was only bones? Uh, yeah, I you can know. have that one for free, Nick. Twigs. That's, 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 that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so carrying on with the cot. So, Colonel keeps it simple, and this is from Baz at DH1BY, and a few other comments the same. Great beers, excellent value. Do appreciate some good artwork, but doesn't influence my decision. Well, that's a good. I think the thing about the Colonel is an excellent point because that is everything with the Colonel: simplicity, quality, style. Just yeah, that's it. And it embodies yeah. what they do. Yeah, it's not, not, just, it's not, not just, pretentious. Yeah. Like, it's not at all pretentious. It's just who they are. And there's so many imitators of the, like, well, not even direct imitators, but like that simplicity in the style, trying to say that, but then, you know. But we will always go always for Always go for Colonel. So, if, yeah. if you see a Colonel, you're right. Yeah, they're doing their job, it's recognisable, you know. Yeah, because yeah. you don't get, oh, well, even when I went to the pub in Scarborough, they had that little bit of brown label around the tap. It's mm. like, I'll have a Colonel, please. I didn't even ask what it was. They don't even send out keg clips, do they? It's just the yeah. label, yeah. Just take the label. Oh, they said they, because um, the kegs come out with the label on it, they just said take the label off that. Yeah. And that's what you do. <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, so from Claire at Poi Monkey 1982, and we had 10 plus similar comments yeah, in this were, one. Yeah, there were lots of additional comments around this theme. Yeah, so purchasing, yes, it can do if it's an unknown brewery. Although it's likely I'd be more swayed by description, rating definitely no as I rate solely on taste. Yeah, I, I, I struggled when we put this poll out. There, there, there was a bit of a, a discussion going on, particularly around Untapped, of some people rating based on what a beer looked like, on based on the artwork and that sort of thing. And and I find it hard to believe that anybody would be downscoring a beer because the artwork wasn't good. They can't downscore a bit. No, no, that's not the only, no. Surely the only thing you can score a beer on is, is what the beer. it tastes I've never like. heard of that happening. Although, it's the whole beery experience, but it's not about the artwork. No, it's not about the best no, no, you can't. But I think it's, I think it's just like, 
I don't think that has ever happened once. I would put money on that never having happened once. I don't think there's any untapped ratings that are like, I would have given this five, but the art looks a bit shit. Yeah. But that, I don't think that would have Well, I would have given it one, but the art was fantastic. So but, like, I'm oh, sure, yeah. but I'm sure, because I believe in this, that it's worked the other way around, where someone's gone pick this up because of the artwork and it's shit too. Yeah, I'm sure that's happened. No, that probably has happened. That, without I, a can, doubt. that I can see. Without a doubt, yeah. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't up it. Yeah. So from Hopsing, at Hopsing, absolutely. The fact that the brewery cares enough to consider how they present their product indicates that the beer inside should be good too. Uh, from Christian Sinclair, at C underscore sink underscore, I definitely look for good branding, in brackets. I use that word as a beer can be branded well without artwork. If the branding is lazy, then I'm less inclined to try the beer. That includes dated style, rehashing the look of a more successful brewery, or just generally being unappealing. It's an interesting point, because Obviously, regional breweries these days are doing their craft yeah. offerings, and they always feel like they are rehashing other people's artwork, don't they? I think so. I think they look to see what the craft world is doing and say, how can we replicate that without yeah. being in trouble? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think, been I think a, you, maybe you've seen that as, uh, as well. There, 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 there are some there's, there's been a few imitators examples. of your style, aren't definitely, there? Definitely in the last few months, especially yeah. the colours. Definitely. Definitely been a few. Not going to name any names. No, don't do it. No, I think people will know them. Yeah. Uh, From Pint Sized at Ollie Hayden. Based on branding alone, I don't think I'd ever stray near Oakham Citra if somebody hadn't bought me a pint years ago. And that would be a terrible shame. That's a great example. That that is a fantastic example. (laughs) You you can't... But I think it's so... I think, okay, this sounds so unbelievably patronising, but Oakham's design work is so adorable. Like it's just like <laughs> the only way I can describe it it's always been adorable and yeah. it's just like something that is kind of like a bit of putting with some people how adorable it is they've rebranded recently I think yeah, yeah. they sort of um, switched it around the and they named they've um, done, yeah they've done some and they brought some cans out cans. but the um, the pump clips have stayed similar but they made it a little bit cuter with the hot, yeah, the hot leaf didn't they with mm. the face yeah um, I don't know I don't know if the original Oakham Citra was much better than it is now I think I, I prefer the old yeah. brand yeah yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd prefer the old brand. So the old Oakham Citra, the old makes more uh, sense about tastes. Green so Devil, yeah. I prefer. It's a train yeah. beer because M&S always carried Oakham Citra as well. That's a good train beer too. It's a brilliant train beer. We it's love it, train it's beer, the old we? standard for train beers. We do love a train and beer. It comes in a fight. It used to come in a the bottle, five hundred and sixty milliliter bottle, didn't it? Yeah. Pint bottle for the train home. Always good. Um, so Steph at too much time if the design of the pump badge or the label shows no invention then I'm still of the opinion that they've not tried with the beer either so people are basing it on the aesthetics of the label aren't they they, that, they are clip, yeah. clip. yeah if, if, they, if they can't be bothered yeah. to produce a good label they can't be bothered to produce a good beer uh, the brig at greyhound underscore one it does based on the hope that if they've put that much effort into the packaging then they've probably made a big effort with the beer doesn't always follow through though uh, again very similar comment uh, mr emb at mr underscore ian underscore b massively if you can't be bothered to produce decent artwork then the same may be true of the contents and it's part of the experience lots of people saying that sort of thing in in, in terms of you've got to you've got to carry that passion throughout the entire product David Hamilton at Leaf Dave shouldn't judge a book by its cover etc but I can't think of any great beers with shit design 
beers with goblins, <laughs> warriors, etc. are usually terrible. Although we, we had a beer tonight with warriors on it and it wasn't terrible. Mm, I'd, I'd say they were knights, not Yeah, but not, and also, like, that's not the style. Yeah, that's I, think cool. I think they're talking about, like, Dungeons More and Dragons style. More yeah. traditional style, yeah. Like, for example, and I don't want to ever really dick on a beer, but Robinson's Trooper is not a good beer. It's, it's not a good beer, but it's it's got that branding behemoth <laughs> exactly. behind it that yeah, is yeah. Iron Maiden. Yeah, exactly. Is, isn't it? One is of the it? most recognisable brands yeah, in the world. Exactly. Um, Simon Manchester at the Pie Man 7 and Dominic Williams at Bosun's Place 2. No, I try, I'm trying to think one person couldn't care less about a design or branding. If they have that much money for the artwork, fine, but smaller breweries should totally be investing everything into the beer. See, that's really that's something that I want to chip in on. I know we don't have a lot of time left, but the thing is, like, a lot of people assume that Viva Sound has a design agency and that they're spending money on that, but they're, yeah. all they're doing when the designer is just paying my wage. Yeah. It's just very much like, you know, it's, and it's all very organic and stuff. And yeah, like, the, a lot of money goes into branding, and I think the design, I want to open a design agency at some point, you know, that's kind of my whole my whole thing. But again, like, it's, it's not. It used to make me laugh a lot when people used to think that there was time being spent on the branding that could have been spent on the beer. When that they're completely mutually exclusive. Yeah, because like, you've already said you're not you're not brewing the beer, are you? No. So you're doing the design in conjunction with then brewing the beer. I'd say the funniest thing that somebody made up online. You know the way that people have the tendency to run away with an idea online and people start going, "Oh yeah, it must be that, it must be that, it must be that." Yeah. The funniest thing that essentially boiled down to somebody saying, I "Had an echo in the pub and it didn't taste like it used to." I know that the designer now owns 52% of the company. Not true. Um, so therefore, he must be watering down their coin. <laughs> what? And, Sorry, what and everybody in the office, we came up with this image of like me with an easel on top of the mash tun, kind of with a garden hose <laughs> into the neck oil brew, just like painting, but also occasionally checking to make sure there's enough water in the neck oil. That's they had a, a duff pint and decided that, yeah. that was the whole... The whole thing. <laughs> I want to come back to the fact you own fifty-two percent of the company. That would have been amazing. <laughs> yeah, you, you you did well there. Yeah. Um, and then last one here, Bone Machine Brew Co. at Bone Machine Brew. The artwork on beer should be like raising a flag. It needs to communicate the character or values of the brewery, invite customers to join in, and yes, stand out from the crowd in a fun and inclusive way that is identifiable to the brew pr- producer. Damn right. I, like I think I think I that's that summed it fun up. and inclusive way is quite, quite good. Yeah. Inclusive is the keyword there. To yeah, but that's what I'd also come back to gamma ray. Well, that's you said words out of my mouth. People called that beer for a long time the Spaceman beer, and we didn't want that because we wanted it to be a recognisable brand. Yeah. But that's what people were calling it because they were seeing the influence, which was so nice for people to be like, "Oh yeah, I can see all the influences yeah. in this." It's like it's really cool, and it and it gets people talking about it, and it's kind of almost like pollination. You know, like people gravitate towards that because they're like. My, that's within my interests. Yeah, and you can, you can spot it, you can recognise it, yeah. you can talk about it. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, there's some fantastic comments, though, aren't there? Great comments. Um, as always, we can't cover every comment that, that that people make, but there is a link in the show notes to the original question. Click on that, and you'll be able to see every response that that, that, that people made. Final thoughts on the Wonder Beyond Nautiloid, then. Lactose orange, I wasn't expecting to love it, I'll be honest. It is it is like an orange milkshake though, isn't it? Yeah, but I would never order... Have you ever had an milkshake. orange milkshake before? No, exactly. Yes, yeah. no I have. Many, many years ago, as a limited edition, McDonald's did a, an orange milkshake. And I remember being about... Shows how many years ago it was. I think I was about 17 or 18. I was in Clacton on holiday. And I remember having it in the Clacton McDonald's. And it was the most interesting 
flavoured milkshake I'd ever had from McDonald's at the wonder, time. I wonder how much actual orange was in there. Probably none. I reckon no oranges were harmed in the making of that orange milkshake. I reckon there was a few involved in this though, because there was there was orange in there. But I enjoyed it. I couldn't do much of it. I am glad we've shared a can of yeah. it. Yeah, I would struggle to drink a can of that on my own. That would be my. That would be probably if I started on that. That would also be my end of drinking because I'd actually. Do, I think it could because I think it's brilliant. Yeah, but I don't know where I go from there because I don't. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Cra- I wouldn't have like a dry mouth. I wouldn't crave a lager after that. I wouldn't crave anything. I think I'd just be like, well, I'm just gonna leave it at that insane. That, that's a great shout actually. Where yeah. would you go from there? Well, we're about to find out. We are about to find out because we are moving on to (laughs) one of the Tempest Project beers, which is slight offshoot that Beaver Town have in in, in, in terms of brewing. So this is sub. I would call it a sub brand. Okay. So is it is it becoming kind of a brand of its own? Yeah, massively. So we it's still it's something that we want to just. It's already its own thing, and it's already producing an insane amount of absolutely insanely good beer. Uh, via Johnny and Charlotte who deserve a massive shout out for everything they've done over the last couple of months so yeah okay and we are drinking the so this is a Brett, Brett Pills. Pills now if I had got my ducks in a row I would have <laughs> been able to tell you exactly how long it was in barrels for uh, it's oak fermented uh, or potentially oak aged but it is a Pilsner that has been occasion fermented with Brettanomyces so it's got that really dry almost like a very bitter thing going on with it but this is a beer that was almost made for me by me sort of thing because I this is all the flavours in a beer that I like well let's find okay, out well, let's, let's, let's find out what you like then yeah, cheers go. cheers it's a bit funky a little bit funky <clears throat> for me too and, funky and, 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 no not, not too funky oh that's because he's been in Belgium for the weekend oh yes because I've been splashed <laughs> with funky always <laughs> <laughs> splash it all over yeah um it's uh, the one thing that it is is really refreshing. Yes, and I don't know if that's just because we've done it straight after the, the orange well, milkshake. Idea. To be honest with you, I having I drank a lot of this recently. This tastes very different. I think because we've just had that. Yeah. Okay. I can I can imagine that. Yeah. So Japan's already at a place. She maybe had like a um, I don't know what you, what you love. Like a it's almost become a palate cleanser without meaning to be. Yeah. Yeah. Because the full <clears throat> was it twelve percent lactose infused orange milkshake IPA. And then we dropped down to five and a half percent pills, but has been breaded. It's quite soft. Yeah. Breaded. But this, uh, this is purely me wanting what I want, and I think that we have a core range of Tempest beers now. We have three Tempest beers. We have Metamorph, Entomb, and Breed, and I think that we need to add this to the range. But I always have these plans that I forget. When it comes to <laughs> barrel aged beers and things, do not you can't, you can't, you, you can't you have you a can't, core barrel. Yeah, no. it's, it's tricky with that one. So I, I always have these. It's a very really nice idea, though. Yeah. Crazy plans and stuff. Yeah. And Johnny normally kind of placates me to a point, and then he's like, "You do realise that would be kind of a once in a year sort of scenario." But yeah. Yeah. No, he's, yeah, he's good at that. So, so, so you mentioned that obviously Tempest is becoming a bit of a brand in its own, <clears> uh, and we spoke earlier about the the, the slight difference in branding. So, so, so what's your approach when it comes to the, the, the branding for the Tempest beers? Well, it's dictated by the beer, uh, and it, it makes total sense because we, we, I worked on it for a long time, I did like wood, wood block cuts and stuff and tried, started doing this kind of messy branding for it that was kind of like very much wood based because everything was going into wood, and we had this kind of tagline that was like wood, time, you know, yeast and, and bacteria, uh, which we still have on the, on the, the core brand. But 
then actually the more I drank the beer the more I was told about the beer it, it came across way more delicate it came across way more uh, considered and specific is a good word I think like there's, there's things that you want to try and get from the beers they're brewing so therefore the artwork is also specific and less detail to it uh, much more well not necessarily less detail but less colour less like kind of vibrance I guess it's very much a kind of that you get what you get from the specifics mm. so that's where the branding kind of comes from which is, as you were saying is kind of apparent in there and a lot of the beers especially the core age but also things like uh, Barrel Age Espresso because you've just got the line work from the drawing shining with the silver on the label and we've got, we've got very little room to manoeuvre I love those bottles they look like grenades but um, no. They're slightly, what, the 375s, aren't yeah, they? Those bottles yeah. as well. So they're... It's almost like the champagne type bottles, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So they're, 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 the reason for those bottles, not only is the really beautiful stylistic choice of them, but they're also quite good for pressure, which is essential in yeah. breaded beers and stuff yeah. like that. Because it would be the dream. I think Rodenbach do a breaded can, but it might be pasteurised. So how much does your your thinking of the design have to match what the bottle looks like as well? Do you have to think about that? Or Luckily that not like the cans. Like the cans have become a thing where I yeah. have to match it to the, to the background. But with the Tempest ones, they normally just have a black label with a nice emblemic kind of design on them. Um, other than Heavy Lord, which I was just given free reign to make something wild and three Freudsy mm. uh, with, which is cool. I mean, there's so much sugar in that beer. I think I probably drank a lot of it while I was designing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, it's worse ways to go. It definitely. Yeah. So we've, um, we've got some listener questions for, for, for you, Nick. We always ask our listeners whenever we've got a, a guest host with us to, to, to have some questions that we might not have thought about. And these are some great questions yeah, we've, got, we've, we've got here tonight. So first up from uh, Andy Parker at Tabamatu, who I'm, I'm sure you know, Andy. Andy Elusive, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, does the colour and or style of flavour of the beer influence your colour palette or is it a blank canvas? As much as absolutely possible, yes. Like when, like I was saying, like it very much, if I can try the beer and get a taste for it and a feel for it beforehand, 100%. Uh, yeah, it will, absolutely. But if, if it's kind of one of those things where we haven't, no one's really come to any conclusions about, because I don't like to be forceful and be like, I've got an idea about this beer or anything, that kind of thing. Mm. I won't push the latter too much. Uh, which is definitely debatable and people would debate here but um, yeah if I've, if I've had a chance to try it and have the kind of time that I'd love then that's the best thing about it is having it all matched together and be brilliant especially with the temper stuff if it's like you know bright red or bright blue or in that kind of thing it's like brilliant to do that sort of thing but the uh, yeah the answer is yes James at Gammon Baron uh, who is your favourite beer label artist and which brewery other than Beaver Town has your favourite style Oh, see that's really hard because there's like a good mix so, like, so for example I was talking about Rich being amazing because it's like it's very different but it always is so recognisable and the guy's got a talent that I just don't understand but he does it so well it's like the kind of like the shapes always make total sense to the style of the beer um, as with most people I think it's got to be Carl from Omnipolo Carl Granding just like there's so much in the way that Logan and I and anybody else who's making the beer so like it could be Johnny it could be any of the brewers out there We'll talk about concepts. There's so much concept in the design of the beer, but it's also very simple. So, like the stuff that's got just like the, the pair of eyes, or like the keyhole on mm. it, for example, or just the UFO. It's all it all is linked to concepts that Carl and Hennock have come up with. And I uh, always have massive respect for that relationship between kind of like producer and designer sort of thing. And it's like almost like the dream 
designer designer dream that one person says I have an idea this is the concept make that visual I like it that's just unheard of in most other industries and I think that's a really good example of that sort of thing but then Keith like I said as well Keith Shaw from McKellar has created something that can span every beer and still make sense for the style um, and also Nana, Nana Gobek who does the artwork for Lerwig now like she's got this amazingly massively unique style that's just fantastic as well and it's always like really well put together and really considered and yeah everything has a story behind it I guess it just comes down to whether or not it's obviously relevant and makes sense because the, the thing I always try to avoid is just slapping Beaver Town onto a drawing I want it to be part of it you know the way that it always yeah. Yeah, so that even the word even the name of the beer and stuff has to have a place on the label that isn't just a place that where there was less drawing it's all considered that's that's where yeah. it comes down to so yeah all those people it's about four answers to that question that's brilliant yeah, yeah. Uh, Miles Lambert at Miles Lambert which can design are you most proud of that's really hard. It's, that's like asking you to name your favourite child, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, most proud of is different to like most successful, but then that also feeds into how. So, like, Gamera, for example, basically gave me this job that's the best job in the world. So, that would be the easy out, I guess. But also. Well, really, not just an easy out, it's a good out, to be fair. I mean, do you. Do you okay, so I'm just going to say, I'm going like, to. There's like a cult following of this, so we might do it again, but Kel. We did Cal, the dry hop farmhouse mm. beer. It has a picture that is supposed to be a drawing of me, and I guess, like, like I said, I'm not good at drawing like people. So. Yeah. But it's me being attacked by Messerschmitts as though they were wasps. <laughs> 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 and it's because it's like German malt mixed with kind of this kind of French yeast kind of vibe, and it's a really like berated man on it, and it's like. That, that I thought that was so smart that that's the one I'm most proud of because so you, I think are I'm you proud. saying that the label you're most proud of or design you're it's the one you're in oh I'm in all of them man I'm a oh, narcissistic artist <laughs> like, no, but, <laughs> I, I would be exactly the same yeah. no but it's more it's more than like I thought I had a really good idea for the label but, and then and, and I would kind of be like don't you think this is cool and people were like it's fine yeah but you just said <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you just said you're in all of them as well so it's just, yeah, because it's I'm, a, I'm saying that like there's definitely you can't. I, I would find it hard as the way the way that I am and the way that I draw is to not be in them in some respect or like you know. I think that's yeah. a good answer. I, I think that's great. Oh, I'd yeah. be exactly the same. Yeah, um, John at Beer in the Suburb. Now John's got two questions. The, the first one is, uh, where do you get greedy. your inspiration from? Ah, uh, no, that's yeah, that's a good question because like well, not good. It's an easy question to answer, which is why it's a good question. But um. TV shows, mostly cartoons, uh, Futurama, The Simpsons, Ren and Stimpy um, are the, probably the big three for, for me. And then the weirder adult swim stuff, so like Harvey Birdman, uh, Attorney at Law, uh, Super Jail, the weirder side of things. Um, mixed with a lot of graphic novels. Like, I devour them. I, I go to like pop comics and stuff and just like buy as much stuff as I possibly can and just I get through like so many. Um, well, the graphic novels is it the story or the artwork both massively yeah like, so like the new Green Lantern that Graham Morrison has written is just phenomenal because it's like proper old school DC comics but with that weird twisted mind of Graham Morrison behind it uh, I think there's a question in that might be coming up that I might just cover is like what do I wish I'd made uh, and I wish I'd yeah. written and drawn Transmetropolitan by Warren Ellis the, the graphic novel because it's just the coolest concept it's 
ageless, timeless, the artwork in it is amazing, the way things are presented is amazing, the concept. The, re- the reason I like Futurama so much is because they predicted the future before the future really got to be the future. So it's written in like, you know, 1999, before we had smartphones, before yeah. we had anything. And it's kind of, if the world had continued to be kind of nice and naive and not fully smartphone orientated. So you've got more stuff yeah. happening than just what's in front of your face. Uh, same with Transmetropolitan, written so early on that it's the cool, they're like, like there's the, they have makers which are a bit like the Star Trek uh, things that make them whatever they want but they can the, the machines themselves can be addicted to drugs so like you know the, the machine is asking for them to play Grateful Dead stuff which links me to my other thing I wish I created which is the Grateful Dead logo so there's two answers in one that's quite a lot of answers to one question that's a lot of answers I've lost track of the answers um, and, and John's other question was uh, why is the guy on the 8-ball can not wearing any underwear who's Logan fair enough that wasn't the answer I was expecting. I no, not me either. Uh, and the final question, which is you, you've, you've touched on already, uh, Brett Preston at Brett and Beer. If you didn't work for Beavertown Beer, what, where would you like to design? No, that's different, I think, but I don't know because I, um, I don't know. I, just I, don't I suppose know. it's hard to say if I wasn't doing this, I'd be doing this instead, isn't it? Like it's terrifying to think about that. I still think, <laughs> I still think Peter, Peter Crouches is the best answer to that one. If you weren't a footballer, what would you be? Virgin. It's <laughs> <laughs> a weird, weird yeah. answer. That's a fantastic answer. Um, so some more thoughts on the beer. Really drinkable. It's, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm actually liquid. enjoying it, yeah. No, it's not just because it's liquid. <laughs> the the, the breathiness is quite understated. It is. It's, it's, not, it's not over for no. me. It's not, it's not too much for me. Um, it is giving a very subtle, very subtle funky edge. To it's it. very a little smooth. bit of sweetness, a lot smooth. of smoothness, but yeah, absolutely drinkable. Now, you, you said this is only going to be because it's a, a tempest beer. It's only really that there's a limited amount of this, so it's going to be kind of for festivals, that sort of thing. Well, the barrels, um, like I, I wish I had the, the full information for you in front of me but uh, the barrels are basically like there are some barrels that were obviously started before other ones but I know this is something that Johnny's working on Johnny and Charlie are both working on this being more consistent and more because yeah. I think this would be a great fourth Tempest Core Range beer but the practicalities of something that has been in oak being released in I mean we're doing it with the with the with the Tempest Core Range you know like the um, we're using the Amphora for uh, Entomb the uh, the big yep. stone in for for that so like that's kind of something but they're less frequent than the metamorph a metamorph is a Brett IPA which is so good like it just tastes like peaches every time you make it it's would you sorry would you buy Bretted pills normally no so you go to bar I'd have to be put off by the word Brett yeah yeah however I'd be missing out on yeah. a, uh, on a great beer yeah so I never understood the farmyard thing People, call, people say farmyard about Brett and I know that it is a thing because people agree I think there are that. some British beers which are very farmyard and barnyard I don't know what that means uh, earthy it smells like a horse yeah you get that horse's I've never, never got that but this, straw, this, this hasn't grass, got that going yeah. on but you, I reckon to a man you would say Steve that this is what you would get from this beer if you hadn't tried it first yeah so by having the word Brett is it possible you're putting people off Possibly, I, I I think so. I mean, it's a it's a really striking label design. 
Always a really shocking. Uh, no, but clip design. my argument here is that that's never going to be in a place where it's alongside other lagers and pills. No, true. It's not going to be. That's true. If it's for a festival <laughs> crowd, then they're going to go for that, aren't they? I would just say call it pills. It's not really got a specific. I would drop the word Brett. Yeah. No, I have to disagree with that. Yeah, I think it's kind of more of a you're down if you don't, you're down if you do situation because like I think that it, it's for people who like Brett. You don't want to trick people. Mm. I think the people like Brett might be under-breathed. Mm. Under-breathed? There's, there's, there's a new segment. There's a new segment for the show. I'm in danger of just speaking out of turn here because I just don't, I don't know enough about how much people like Brett. I like Brett, so it's very difficult. <laughs> Which I do as well. Yeah, um, I'm not such a fan of No, despite going to Belgium recently. Yeah. So, uh, another section of the show, Steve. Come on. Which, nice, nice, nice segue into it. Um, Obviously, you know, anything that people have heard so far, we're always taking feedback on the show. Yes. Uh, feedback back, use the hashtag opinions, and you may very well feature on the next segment of the show. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness. Write it down. So first up, we've got Paul at UNRCD, who was commenting on the Brew By Numbers and Hobson's collaboration that I was raving about on the last show. Uh, said he had it on cask earlier this year and it was still stunning still my beer of 2019 it's quite amazing Paul's got a beer of 2019 that is on cask and, and isn't a juice bomb yeah he's not a massive cask fan either is he no he's not so it must, must have been must a, have been a, a good, good beer. beer on cask uh, Pete at Hops and Hoops excellent beery chat once again very much looking forward to the smoked beers episode I'm not shocker <laughs> um, smoked beers is going to be fantastic Steve oh, I can't do a smoke sound of smoked beers oh. Uh, from Richard Taylor at Richard Taylor 1608 great show as always hashtag Pintgate got interesting today as we've now got Marble Bitter on this time a sparkler is required I, th- I think the sparkler is always required when it's a Marble Bitter still well we can bring that up later on this week we, we can yeah, I think we are. Marble are one of the best breweries for me yeah they, they, what they do is incredible oh yeah and, and they do it so well Brilliantly well better, man, yeah day. yeah um, from Johnny Beerboy at Johnny Beerboy having just listened to the latest episode I've got to agree with the McAllen <coughs> while I love their branding and events etc their beer has more than often not underwhelmed me in brackets their work with free Floyds to create war pigs is the exception I think that just echoes what we were saying in, 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 in the last show the McKellar beers are very much hit and miss in terms of whether you get a good one or not yeah and also I don't quite get how how they've become so famous or infamous. Yeah, Maybe I don't get. I, I suppose it was a initial round of really good beers that the community went mad for, and Stuck. It's, it's quite easy to, yeah. to to scale up from there, isn't it? Um, Sean O'Reilly at Uncrulia, you mentioned Brickfield Brown Cask. I've had it twice, once awful, once really good. I'm sure that's because of the pubs, not the brewery. I'll probably agree with you there, Sean. I, I doubt whether the same beer could be so different it in can't be different one places. into the other it's a no. short beer uh, Mark Johnson at Mark and Johnson and this was regarding a poll that we put out a few weeks ago which was about ingredients yeah. that, that go into beer I said water as I know this isn't if ever being discussed on a show and I'm an awful person though I do think water is important so voted water um, we are going to discuss that on the show yeah. we, we, we've just got to um, spend a lot of time researching a beer that highlights each of the ingredients really well including water yeah, yeah <laughs> which, which might be a challenge 
Um, Mr. WP at Mr. Underscore WP, great pod as usual. Thanks for the two mentions. You're always welcome. You can make this a third. <laughs> uh, Will Watkins at Dry Your Beers, another two hours of sheer enjoyment. Thank you. The debate about whether Colonel have a core range was interesting. More breweries seem to be following a semi-core model. Look at Cloudwater with their evolving core beers. They get updated cheat season. Sadly, no dark beer. I'm going to have to agree with that. That I think Cloudwater needs to produce more dark beer because when they produce it, it's excellent. Tropical Stout was good. Yeah. yeah. But I would say Cloudwater have core beers as well. Same as said about Colonel. Mm-hmm. They have core stars that they release all the time. To, to a certain extent, yeah. So yes, the ingredients are tweaked. The hops may be adjusted. It's core beer. Yep. And then finally, uh, John Moore at The Beer Idiot. I know you said on your last episode that you both want to try Thornbridge's Heartland. So this is the Thornbridge yeah. Cellar Beer. It's not helping uh, you, is it? It's everything you'd probably expect it to be. It has the Christmas of a, a Christmas of a Keller Beer and the earthy, spicy notes of an English power would definitely recommend. Yeah, thanks, well, John. We're never going to get to try yeah, it. Yeah, thanks, we? John. Let's, Love you. Let, let's be <laughs> honest. Um, and on to... <laughs> As we're rattling towards the end of the show. On to questions. Questions, questions, fill my head. First up, we've got, I have a question. This is from Lou Ombrew, at Lou Ombrew. Do you ever buy a train beer and then feel too embarrassed to drink it? Happens to me all the time. Train is busier than I expected. No one else has a drink, even at night. End up taking it home. Do you ever want to be that person? Um, I've never been too embarrassed. I've never been too embarrassed. Um, I have decided not to drink a train beer because I've been like, too hungry. Or I've gone, I've had too much beer, but not because I'm too embarrassed. I've ever decided not to buy a train beer because time between the beer, getting the beer and the train, and the next train is too long to contemplate. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 uh, I'm one of those, I, I like if I'm at King's Cross, for example, and I want to get like a, a Camden Pills or something from Waitrose, I have to get it as the train is announced, it's still cold. So sometimes Ooh. I've bought a train beer and it's been like I've just got to the train like I bought it too early or the train's delayed and I've been like you know I'm not going to drink this it's a cold issue it's not a, not a oh you change oh that's different that's very different changing it because of the it'll be too warm to drink it yeah I like that yeah I do should. quite like that answer Never well done there I like that yeah James at Gammon Baron good show chaps I'm going to steal Steve's 50th birthday idea if you had to age a beer available now for 10 years, which beer would you choose? Nick. Barrel Espresso, for sure. You know, just like, yeah, the espresso's good. Barrel Espresso's great. I'm sure a 10 age, I'd be interested. I just want to know what it tastes like. No science behind it, just want to know what it tastes like. Damn, I feel like I drank mine too soon now. <laughs> I, I, I drank it a couple of weeks ago along alongside the normal espresso. <laughs> To, to do like a side by side that's probably better than what I would do yeah ten, ten, ten years is probably a lot um, for me it's the Fuller's Vintage Ale 2018 because it's the last one as an independent family brewer oh interesting well I've got I've got three so I've got the Fuller's Vintage that, that wasn't the question Steve you said it, what one well I'm going for three this is, Greedy. This is my podcast and do what I want ah see uh, it's our podcast ah. and do what I want <laughs> I thought it was my podcast. <laughs> it is your podcast tonight, but I'm still going to do what I want, regardless of whose show it is. Um, so first up, Villers, Fuller's Vintage. Fuller's Vintage. You can't have any heavy board now. No, no, I can. I have to, based on my answers to this question. So Fuller's Vintage 2018, but for a completely different reason, um, just because it was so good last year. Um, I it, it was one of the, the rare occasions where I've rated that beer on, on the first 
taste of it as a five. I don't know where I go with that rating. But you can't go above five. No, no, I know, but I just and I just think it's going to get better and better and better. It was so good. So, so that's one that I'd like to okay. age. Uh, the other one is um, the latest iteration of Magic Rock Strongman, the the, the bourbon barrel aged version of it. Okay. So I think that will be incredible in, in 10 years time. It's never gonna last in my cellar for 10 years. Never gonna happen, but- But I you'd like to think it could. I think, and, and the final one is Beaver Towns, Tempest, Heavy Lord. Because I enjoyed that on the on the past two times. So that you I tried reckon it. Heavy Lord's going to last ten years think, in your I cellar? Think, I think no. I, I I've got none of it left. I've drunk it all. Um, but I think I, I wish I had not drunk the bottle on Christmas <laughs> Day. Well, someone might have some for you later. Who knows? Uh, who knows? Um, because I just think that's just going to get better and better and better. I mean, we both rated that as our beer of the year oh, last yeah, year. Oh yeah, I just but I can't. Having think. both drunk it fresh. It's, it's almost like... I think it was his like, port after 10 years. Yeah, it's almost like you want to go dig a hole in your garden and put a bottle in it and go back to it in 10 years' time. I've never, ever wanted to dig a hole. No, no, me anywhere. either. Me either. Um, and then the final question, um, this is from Will Watkins at Dry Your Beers. The Fuller's Vintage Owl 2012 chat reminded me of an experience last month where in a typical New York offline sense, I inexplicably stumbled across a bottle of Fuller's Vintage Owl 2012 for just $13. What's the best beery surprise you've ever stumbled upon? Well, mine's very similar. Yeah, yours was even better than that, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> I stumbled upon uh, two bottles of Fuller's Vintage Ale 2011 for $8.50 while I was in Arizona in 2017. They had two on the shelf. I took both. Oh, clearly. And you would. They had. The, you remember the old like sticky bits with just the, the, the price label? Just say yeah. literally $8.50 on it. And I thought, okay, he's gonna he's gonna realise at some point he's made a mistake. He's made a mistake. And no, it came up at seventeen dollars, and I ran away. I bet you did. Didn't come back. No. Got it. No. Have you have you had anything like that, Nick? Yeah. Um, back in the day, uh, someone who worked at Brewdog, who I knew, um, sold me two bottles of Cantillon uh, for eight pounds each, and um, I didn't even know that was weird until somebody told me that was weird. And I, they just didn't know they were new. And they were 750s. For £8 oh. each? Yeah. So I've, I've just nothing like that. I think I think my closest is stumbling across an Adnams tally-ho in the supermarket at Centre Parks. Can I step in how much I love Adnams into that thing? Like, Adnams is probably my favourite, like, forever brewery. They're you, so good. You can, you can, you can say that here. Uh, absolutely. I mean, you're, you're in good I'm company. A Norfolk yeah. person, but like the... Yeah. Yeah, like uh, it's still they're amazing. And it was just Definitely say that. Absolutely. So have we got one beer to sign this show mm. off. We, we might have one more beer just to, to, to finish on. So Nick's going to go and search the fridge. Um, while, while, while Nick's doing that, we do have uh, a, a bit of a giveaway. We on, do. On, on this evening's show. So I'm expecting a giveaway. I, I'm very much so. So we've got two uh, one-off drawings from Nick. Original bits of art. That, that he's, yeah. he's signed both of those. Um, and they're matching. They are matching. They, no, well, they're they're part, part of a series. Yeah. Uh, a, a, as yet unreleased series. Yeah, they're just they're just two they're two drawings. One of them is called S and one of them is called Boom. Okay. Um, so we're going to give these to one of our lucky listeners. Um, now, as always, we don't want you to splash this all over Twitter because this is a, a, a listener. This is a listener only. This is a listener only, really. Uh, 
question. So DM us the answer to this question. Earlier on in tonight's show, Nick mentioned that the Gamma Ray Man is stood in a very famous pose. Which sci-fi actor is he standing in the pose of? Ooh, that's a good question. That is a very good question. Anybody that DMs us that before the end of May? End of May. Will be entered into a draw for potentially winning the, 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 the artwork that Nick's created. Signed. Signed artwork. That we saw him sign it. Yes. So, as I want to say, it was supposed to be a gift for these guys, and they were like, "Can we give it away?" So they've given it away. Well, only only because we'd argue over who got to keep them. <laughs> well, yeah, because they, the two go together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're gonna we we we, we love we we we're, we're the giving podcast. Yeah. We, we we really are. So and on oh. that on that note, we have a final beer to finish with. This is um, Nick. Why don't you tell us what this is? This is Heavy Lord. This is a um, supposedly a uh, heavy water and dark lord mashup, which is in a massive imperial stout. Smell it for me. Yeah, you can kind of actually. This is the first time. I've it's a fourteen percent and probably a little bit more by now uh, beer um, that we brewed for the first Beavisland Extravaganza as the Extravaganza beer, and we served it on both cask and keg. So when was the first Extravaganza? Two thousand seventeen. Yeah. There's only been two. Oh, that's okay. I'm, um, so I'm cask, ready for this. A cask version of this. Oh, that would be good. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you very and much, thanks, Nick. Nick. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, yeah. thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Still a, still a crazy beer that tastes it's like drinking whiskey. incredible, isn't it? Woodford, Woodford, uh, Woodford bourbon barrel aged. It's so thick. I've never had the beer, I've never had the whiskey behind this. You've had Woodford's before? No. It's, oh, it's so good. It's, it's, well, I'm not a whiskey fan, but... So smooth. So smooth. There's all sorts of chocolate, caramel, vanilla going on in there. You get the brown sugar massively. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I, like, I really like beers that I can actually say that I get the stuff that they say on them, and this is definitely yeah, one of them. This, I mean, this is brilliant. Muscovado. Oh, this is some of the parts. They're brilliant. Yeah. I mean, this is why this was our beer of the year yeah. last year. Our combined beer of the year as well, which... We selected independently as well. Yeah, no, confi- no, no confirmation. That's no. brilliant. Well, while we finish this, uh, all that's left to say is if you've got anything to say about this week's show, use the hashtag opinions and, and we'll try to yeah. find you. Hashtag it's been too long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not even going to apologise for the length of it. I, said we've, I think we've set a new record for a beer podcast. Yeah, blame Beers Without Frontiers for trying to beat us. I, I, th- I think we've got, I think we have to, get, have to get in touch with Guinness to see if we can have an official adjudicator come down at some point. Yeah, but Norris is dead. Oh, yeah, it's just, it's it's all gone wrong. Norris McWirtz is dead. Steve, we've got a show coming up soon, what is it? Um, It's gonna be another on location. Again? Again, and this time we are going to Manchester. And Ah. we are recording with... Marble. Marble Brewery. um, At the new new site. At their their new brewery, to talk to them uh, about all things cask beer really uh, and how they manage that and balance out their other releases in cans as well I'm looking forward so to that I'm very much looking forward to that looking forward to the Manchester day trip yeah um, final thing left to say here Nick thank you so much for your time yeah thank you we've uh, taken about five hours of your life we've, we've loved having you on the show thank you guys I mean thank thank Mac more than anyone yeah he's been, he's been a really good boy 
Yeah. That's a nice, that's this a is nice. a dog, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not, it's not just your mate sat in the sauna. Uh, but thank you for sharing all of the beers with, with us yeah. as well tonight, especially this one to finish on. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, yeah, I, I think the only thing left to say is cheers. Cheers, cheers. guys. Thank you very much. Starry, starry night. Portraits hung in empty halls. Frameless. Heads on nameless walls With eyes that watch the world